0: What?
1: What's up, everybody. Hello. Oh hey
0: Frank, what's up? Are you speaking or am I Who speaking? Who goes first? You go first. Doesn't matter now. Go ahead. We're here now. <laughs> okay, so uh, today's podcast was an awesome podcast. Yeah, dude. Just, this I don't even was... know where to start besides introducing our guest, uh, Mike Stella. He is a PT out of Long Island, New York. Um, not only a PT, but he is a absolute fucking bomb of a dude
1: well his approach what what got me the most was his approach on his therapy he didn't take a person in and say oh you have a bad knee let me treat your knee he took that person in and said oh you have a bad knee let's see where in your life your entire life your nutrition your habits your sleep where everything is going wrong what we can fix and how that'll not just help you with your knee but change who you are as a person like that's what he does for every fucking client it's like psychology it blew my mind listening to him because he obviously touched on you know, the way he runs his business, the way he treats his clients, but he was fucking kind enough and cool enough to go into his life story on the things that happened in his path that made him the way he is now and the traumas that happened that he was able to take light out of those problems and make this beautiful facility he has now yeah. and treat these people with just the most genuine
0: his approach, way you can...
1: Yeah. You can Give someone medicine in air quotes medicine. Yeah.
0: So he 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 gives them the treatment that they need, and they yes. don't need drugs. They don't need a massage. They need somebody who gives a shit and wants to find the root cause of the problem. And that's not just the physical. It's not just the sight of pain. It's the overall pain of that person in every respect, so that they could solidify their their recovery. And like he has it broken down to a science, and then also leaves it up to anything because. You can't be so subjective. Like, the way that he looks at it, it's just so outside and abstract. It's what you need it's when it comes like, to health. Fuck, Dude, man. your
1: health, like he said, your health isn't one thing. It's the whole body. Yeah. It's the whole life. That's what contributes to everything. So, yes, I so. actually really enjoyed yeah. this episode. He was an incredible guest to have. Yeah. I know we're going to have him on more times.
0: And you learn from this one. This one yes. is an educational one. If you got a pad. I mean, it's funny as fuck, too. It's not too. that much. cracking yeah. up. It's not that much, but, like, when he does go into... Uh, some of the facts and some of the
1: yeah, there's definitely some things to pull from it so I know like, you guys are going to enjoy and uh, that's it sit back relax yeah guys have fun bye wait what is this feeling in my brain it feels feels like it's growing that my friend is knowledge because you're listening to Young Minds Podcast That's it. We're live. All right. What's going on, fuckers? Welcome, Mike.
2: Well, thank you guys for having me. I
0: appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. Young Minds, always trying to bring on some other young minds who are doing things with their lives that are not status quo.
2: Appreciate that. No, absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Hell yeah. So uh, really quick, just get a little intro into what you do and why you do it.
2: Um, So I am a certified athletic trainer, but really I'm a manual therapist by trade. So I use like soft tissue work. Man, manual therapy as a way to help people move better and feel better as a as a form of rehabilitation but we do it in a very targeted way where we evaluate the whole person and not just like their injury um, so i look at the way you move we talk about your lifestyle we talk about you know the things that are challenges in your life or you know things that you're struggling with and then relate that into like real programming that can change somebody's habits and that's what you really have to do ultimately to get somebody to rehabilitate their injury is a lot of times changing their habits you know yeah. um so i use that manual therapy as a way to connect with people and you know put them at ease and, and obviously treat their pain and their issue but as a way to empower them to move a little bit better so that, that's like the main goal um and the reason i do that is <clears throat> when i was in high school i was a you know, all county lacrosse player oh, had sure. multiple scholarship offers to play in college and i was torn on where to go i didn't know what school to commit to because i liked a lot of them and so i decided i was just gonna play my senior year and figure it out after but unfortunately my fifth game i tore my acl pcl mcl meniscus um had a Fucking full knee oh catastrophic Cabo knee deal. blowout um and so marist the college i ultimately went to is the last school division one school that was a willing to give me any money and b they happen to have a sports medicine program so i kind of was like okay i'll come And give it a shot, even though the doc said I probably wouldn't play again, Uh, and I did, and uh, switched my major to sports medicine, and been doing it ever since. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, and it starts from passion, because it's.
2: Well, it was. I was never the same guy. You know, I I did everything. I I did everything I was told to do to like the nth degree. Like, I mean, I remember, like, dude, I woke up in the recovery room and I started doing fucking quad sets. Like, squeezing yeah, my yeah. quad, and they were like, the nurse was like, Stop doing that. I'm like, busting staples out of my knee. And because I was just like, I do not want to atrophy. Like, I was just, you know, I was just like, I, I can't. Like, I have to play lacrosse. And uh, I was never the same guy, even though I worked my ass off. And I developed a lot of like movement dysfunctions that led to other injuries. So, like, I tore the labrum in my opposite hip. I blew out both ankles. I hurt my back. Like, Jesus. all these other injuries yeah, the came was this after, after the lacrosse? Fact? No, a lot of it was in that process of like, trying to get strong again and squatting, but you know, this hip doesn't move well because I was doing fucking straight leg raises for six months. And, you know, I was just training my body, um, you know, because that was the way it was always done. I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see me, but (laughs) you know, I did that traditional PT and then, okay, you go to the doctor six months later and he clears you to play, but I wasn't ready to play, you know, physically, but if you like, so what I do is I evaluate criteria, if you can check off the boxes and prove to me that you have the capacity to do what you're doing, then you'll get my green light. Yeah. But until you earn it, we're going to have to stick to the process. There is no magic window of time that elapses and your body heals and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm, you know, borderline obsessed with movement is because it took years after the fact of learning and researching on my own and trying different things and, And finally finding that blend of what worked for me, which was soft tissue work, corrective exercise, and, you know, training, you know, not just doing, you know, when you go to rehab, you're like, okay, we're going to do some, like, light TheraBand exercises and some cuff weights, and it's like you're in an 80s Jane Fonda video, but the reality is, is, you know, if you're going to try to play football or any sport, doesn't matter what the sport is, there's a lot more demand functionally for that, so preparing for that, not just... You know rehabbing your injury so yeah. that that's what i'm trying to do is get people to move better feel better so they can move better so they can move more yeah you and know
0: one thing i noticed too so when when i first met you we went to your facility um you didn't just go directly to the source of the pain right right you went and you did this from the literally from the ground up mm-hmm. and had your you know you had her basically look down at where she was standing, how she placed her feet, how she would normally squat, right. why is her knee hurting? It wasn't because of her knee. Right. Right? It was like you, you brought a whole new approach to the rehab, right? Absolutely. That wasn't, let's rehab your knee. Let's look at how you
1: approach your movement. And to me, that just... Well, it, that's it. like, I mean, like Movement like, well, is a habit.
2: It, I was just that's about what to say. It it's like
1: you said before, it's a habit. You have to fix habits because the habits are what cause the... Right. The you know
2: it's not like you move bad it's yeah. you that movement that is could be created an injury <laughs> you know yeah. so like okay your medial meniscus hurts you didn't like have an acute injury but so why is your femur grinding your meniscus like a pestle and mortar you yeah. know what i mean that's not how it was designed obviously your movement habits are such that that is what's happening that is the result and so what, what ends up happening is you go get an mri and we look at your damaged meniscus and say you need surgery, we got to fix the structure. Mm-hmm. But the that's just the what. It's not the why. The why is what gets you the result, not not the what or the how. That you can look up online. Yeah. So the MRI just shows us that it is that way, not why it is that way in, in, in chronic senses. Like if you fall skiing and your knee twists up and like, okay, that's different. But, you know, most of the people I see and when we met, that's a chronic issue that isn't a local issue. You yeah. know, so that's just you're your blowing your stress off. So we call that regional interdependence, how one area of your body influences and interacts with the other areas that, of your body. That's exactly, you
0: know? yeah. So that was the, the point, that it kind of changed the way that I train and the way that I warm up and the way that I decompress. And then right. shortly after that, I actually I went over to Onnit, uh, and Dope. they were teaching us from the ground up everything you would need to know about movement. And it was just your foundations. And right. I, everything that you talked about in that just that small session – with us, mm-hmm. I then it just came right back and then solidified that concept. And just seeing the way that you work with your clients and then seeing the way that on it works, just in general, yeah. I mean, they, this isn't like a new thing, it. it's like there
2: are people doing is. this, but it's but it, it, you, is, a very I, it it's is a new concept, it is a new concept publicly. It's not public knowledge, um, you know. So, again, it's we we, we get very myopic in healthcare, you know, we're, we're looking for solutions that we can take instant because everybody wants instant gratification. Yes. And um, the reality is, is our bodies were meant to move. And that's the one thing that we don't do. Like, for example, t- today's kids, the current generation, this is the first time in human history that they will not outlive their parents. Yeah, I could
0: totally see on that. On
2: five, they're going to have, five, on average, five years less of life. And it's not for lack of knowledge or healthcare or medicine or any of these things. It's because we don't fucking move anymore. So that's a well, combination.
1: That, yeah, the combination of not moving and nutrition, like we always preach. Well, yeah. Oh, for sure. The Absolutely. Com- yeah. The combination wow. of both.
2: Well, it's all but that's the that's the point it's yeah. all of these things because it's not just one thing. Yeah, right. And
0: everything's becoming easier. So we he, you hear the term, sitting is the new smoking. Right. Right? So, and people would kind of downplay that. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's true. But you realize that we sit more often now than we've ever done before. Because right. now it's not so much what's going on in front of us. Right? We're not sitting at a table talking with friends as much. Like, right now we are. Right. right. But, like, normally this wouldn't be happening. Like, a formal sit down. It's people on their phones. Right. On their computers with some sort of screen or device and we're just constantly being stimulated and we're, we're putting our bodies at rest so that we could stimulate our mind. And the thing is with movement and with just trying to take care of this meat vehicle that we have, we need to include our brain and our bodies in what we do so we could solidify those.
2: Fucking truth, man. Well, here's what I tell people all the time when I teach my classes. It's, um, and, and this is a quote from Thomas Myers who wrote a book called anatomy trains. It's a functional anatomy model. I won't get too deep into that, but the only truth is the whole person. The whole human being is the only truth. Any division of that is conceptual. So, when we look at your muscle system or your digestive system or your cardiovascular system or your immune system, if you look at any of those things in isolation, you're wrong because they interact with the other systems. Everything is a, is a harmony. So, what I try to do in recovery lab is, is treat the whole person and not the injury mm-hmm. because sometimes people just think that they're broken. And they play this movie in their head of how frail their body is when in reality it's like 80% of the population has disc herniations in their back. Like it's more common than it is uncommon. Yeah. But we look at it on the screen and go, oh no, now I can't, I can't go hiking and I can't swim and I can't do all of these things. And now I just have to sit at home and rest because that's what's going to heal my back injury. And it's like, no, that's the opposite of what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> and but you know, so and what ends up happening is we do this fear mongering and everybody's afraid to do mm-hmm. the things that we were meant to do. And um and it, and it's literally killing us slowly. Yeah. As a society, so, as a so this species
1: is, this is for everyone listening, this is the first time I'm meeting you. Yeah, absolutely. This yeah. is the first time I'm hearing you speak, first time I hear what you do even. I fuck, dude. I fucking love it. I fucking love everything lo- you're you're I preaching. Yeah, man. Give me a It's so much truth, and it's what people need to hear. It's the yeah. way you have to attack these problems right. in the health and, and fitness industry. We've and we've just
2: gotten away from it because it's, it's you too know, much work.
1: Well, it's well, it's been. You, you can't doctors, make money doing that a lot. Do- yeah. Doctors yeah. have been just prescriptions. What can I get you? What can I write off for you? Right. You know. Meanwhile, they're getting copay from yeah. the what, pharmaceutical company. What specialist do you have to go see for copay? And go get this. Go get that. Take this pill. Take that pill. That's what it's been in the past. I don't know how long. Yeah, and
2: but, 150, 200 hundred and fifty, two hundred years, basically. You I think mean, so? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: As yeah, long as medicine's been around, I feel like people feel like they didn't get a good doctor's. They didn't have a good experience if they didn't leave with a prescription. You know. like, yeah, Oh, my doctor that. said I, can I, can I see should see start. So even speaking to that,
2: like what you just said, like if you have an injury. And you, you go to your primary care doctor, and then he sends you to a specialist, and then he sends you to a subspecialist, and then you go get your MRI, and then you got to see a diagnostician, and then you got to review with the specialist, but you need to... That is not a healthcare model. That is a business model. Everybody's yes. getting that piece yes. of the pie. Boom. Here's Recovery Lab. Come see me. We're going to evaluate your shit. If we can do it here, we're going to do it for a, a much smaller price. You're going to pay out of pocket, but... We're actually gonna spend the time with you and teach you what you need to do and what you need to know about your body so that you can own it and be sustainable. And you're gonna come and out of it. And if I with... don't have the answer for you, I will send you to the right person that does have the answer. And you're gonna you come know? out
1: of it with life changes. Big That's life changes, right? Do. Not just uh, uh like you not just your knees better.
2: Right. You have figured out
1: what you need to do in your entire spectrum of life to not have that happen again, to be more functional,
2: to be absolutely it's
0: access it's access and it's education too which is the most important missing piece that's the piece our education system which is actually kind of funny you you always bring up a quote so like don't let your education get in don't let your schooling get in the way of your education that's mark twain i love that quote yeah Yeah. i love that quote and to me i think that's fucking paramount that's the thing that's our issue right now is that we have all of the information we need online i could google everything that any doctor knows Sure. I just need to know what to ask.
2: I need to know the questions. And that's to what ask. people don't know. the people don't a know what to ask, and b they don't even get the time to ask anything. You know, he's in and out in five minutes, even though you waited two hours to see him. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's an issue, and it, it's the system that we have um, for better or worse. Uh, but again, you know, we spend more money on healthcare in this country than like the next five combined. Yeah. And where we're are we on that on... list in health? You know what I mean? Like. And
0: we're spending it on chronic disease that ca- that is being. Pushed because of the way that lobbyists are pushing for big food, big farm, and all Absolutely. these other. Things, I mean, frankly, they say industries. it all the time.
1: But we do everything ass backwards in this country. Yeah, everything. To well, be well, healthy, we when do comes... everything
2: money first.
1: We do everything
2: yeah. with with
1: with for, for profit health, in it's mind. All
2: ass backwards. Right. Yeah.
1: From the foods we eat, with the process, the sugars, the toxics in our waters, the toxins in our air, the amount we sit, the amount you know, the amount right. we don't move,
0: and dissatisfaction with all of that anyway. What? Yeah. Which what we admire. It's, issue. It's all. We're all it's it's immediate gratification seeking, thinking that that immediate gratification will last and it's sustainable, but it's not. The sustainable part is taking your education and implementing it in a physical way, which right. is also a mental way, because physical and mental are the same things. Like I things.
2: said, you can't separate them. Yeah, they're the same thing. It's the same vehicle. Uh, it's just a different expression. But what I was just going to say, I actually just lost it. Continue your thoughts. Sorry. No. <laughs> <That laughs>
0: <was laughs> No, because then you have people who are, like, who are, you have depression and you have obesity, you have sure. diabetes, all these different things, but they all are part of the same thing, right? So, like, why are people so inclined to eat the quick, easy, tasty food? Because there's the dopamine surge from your oh, sugar. Yeah, we're, we're, and, we're wired for that. Yeah, exactly. So, we're our right. biology is tricking us to be unhealthy because we're just seeking the thing that brings us the most immediate...
2: Well, what benefit. I was gonna say is that recovery lab doesn't work for everybody because some people don't want to do the. I had I had some guy come in like a couple of weeks ago, and I got I'm sure he's not gonna listen to this, but he is not a Let's young mind. But maybe he does. Anyway, he, he come he emails me a million times. I really want to come get treatment from you. What does it involve? And I and I explain the process. Like you know, obviously my content online is a lot of manual therapy, and I highlight that. Um, but that's like a small part of what we're doing. You know what I mean? So he's just like I really just want you to work on me. I'm like, "Well, dude, like that's not how this works. Like you I'm going to teach you corrective exercise programming. It'll be simple. It'll be stuff that you can do every day at home, like totally like if you don't like going to the gym, that's cool. I'm going to give you things that you can do." Yeah, but I don't really like to do the exercises at all. I just want to get the treatment. This dude oh, had like four surgeries so in the last amazing. 5 years, but some people just want the quick fix. They just want to feel better they he don't care if to, they're actually better they just want him, to feel better
1: he wanted you to tell him do this and you're good
2: so i, I basically but said like do listen this and you'll be fixed. i won't work on you i won't perform manual therapy unless you commit to doing the program a few days a week and i promise you it won't be hard and you're gonna get better yeah he's like what if i pay you double to just work on me oh and i my said god I'm like, you got a like, deal i'm like dude <laughs> yeah yeah part of my mind is going yeah for sure and the other part the part yeah, that yeah. actually won was like you know what yeah. I don't think this is, this might not just be for you, you know, yeah. but I'm not going to waste my time if you're not going to at least meet me halfway. Yeah. And that's what I do. Like, even with my clients, like, I have pricing structure that gives you more discounts for the longer you commit to the process. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I don't have to do that. I do that because I want to reward the person who's committing to it. And on top of that, I yeah. feel like
0: when it... I mean, people ask me online for nutrition advice every once in a while. Like, that's my expertise, right? Sure. And that's the thing that I want to broadcast as well and say, hey, look, I am a resource for this. When they want the quick and easy condensed version, right? Like that, here's the one-step process. How many DMs do you
1: get? Yo, what should I eat? What should I eat for I, breakfast? I was just getting it's like, them today, but, that's but right, what I'm not saying That's how is... it works, bro. Like, you yeah. don't just eat one thing for breakfast and you're good. But I don't want to <laughs> take part in the dialogue at
0: all because what I... My issue, and not that I don't want to do it at all, but like if it's through DM, something condensed, I don't want to say yes to you offering me compensation in any way, but you don't want to do the work and you're not going to get the results because I know how the process works Right. and now my name is tied to your lack of success because you weren't willing to do it. I don't want to take you on as a client or as somebody who I'm giving information to because if it doesn't work for you, because it's not going to work for you, because you're not willing to put in the work, Right. so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to waste my time with you and then now I'm
2: you're going to have a sour... Idea well, money. not even that, it's just for me, for that actually 100%, but I also then, I felt disingenuous for not sticking to what I believe in. Yeah. So I wasn't going to just take the money and, and treat this guy knowing that he wouldn't get better with just manual therapy well, alone. I might be able to modify his symptoms slightly, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be lasting, it would be temporary. Yeah. And that's what manual therapy does, it unlocks a temporary window. But like like you said, man, it, it's, it's totally true, all these chronic health issues that we have in this country, it's all... A byproduct of lifestyles and, you know, that instant gratification. But, again, if we were walking around, you know, Massapequa 100,000 years ago and the three of us apes or, you know, hominids found a fig tree, we would eat the ever-living shit out of that fig tree. (laughs) Fuck yeah, we would. (laughs) Because our brains are wired to go, well, we might not find another fig tree ever. So let's gorge on this bad boy now while it's in front of us. And so that's why people, you know, when you're standing in the light of your refrigerator eating... Like, that's what's going off in your brain from a DNA perspective is get all this sugar because normally sugar is tied to nutrients. Yeah. In natural food, when you eat fruit and it's sweet and it's delicious, it also has vitamins and minerals in it. Instead, you eat a chocolate chip cookie and you get the same, oh, your brain wants more sugar because it thinks more nutrients. And it's like, well, shit, there's no nutrients here. So we want more and more and more and more.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the
2: next thing you know, they're cutting your front door open and dragging you out with a tractor. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen those videos, dude? That I have suck. a hard time watching those videos. I yeah. have. It's 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 pretty intense. It's not even I mean, a joke.
1: They've they cut out sides yeah. of houses to wheel pit, people out. Wheel people out the, and with a forklift. Uh, yeah, with a forklift. That's the word it's I was crazy. looking for. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of forklift. I said
2: tractor, but I was yeah. thinking forklift. No, it was a forklift.
1: <laughs> they actually forklifted this guy out of his house. Oh my god, yeah, that's that unreal. is this. <laughs> That's crazy, but like they—that's a slave. mental health. Yeah, issue.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a me- exact. It's a mental health issue. They're man. slave to their neuro. And those people
2: aren't getting treated properly, you know. They're they're getting surgeries and you that's know just it's just like more trauma. Thing. Like yeah. obviously that person has already experienced enough trauma. Exactly. Let's not add to the insult. You that know? is the thing
0: that started. It. It's like as a kid, you know, you your your mom and dad get into a fight, and now everybody's pissed in the house. And oh, you know what? Let's reward you with ice creams. You're you're sad. Let's go get ice cream. Right. And then it's like oh, they tie that that experience to happiness and now you have a direct correlation between snacks and happiness and then that if not managed properly that just because it metastasizes like a cancer and becomes this big issue and then it becomes this that's your safe area that's your safe space like when i was young that was my 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 end of the night way of winding down was grabbing dr pepper or a root beer and eating a bag of Doritos, like, every single night, and playing RuneScape. Did you play RuneScape? No. No? We brought it oh, up man. two podcasts in a row. All right, it was a great game. It's story mode and all this shit, and, like, it's just an addiction in itself. I was just cool. addicted to all these different things, plus sugar. <laughs> and, like, that was my way of being happy. I wasn't, I didn't have any other outlets. I mean, I played baseball, but that was, what, three times a week? Like, right, right. There was nothing to tie my 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 pride to. I did. I didn't. wasn't doing anything serious. So I was like, ah, oh, well, food is so enjoyable tv so enjoyable you just you're kind of putting your body on the shelf and you're just sitting there what's bedging. that what's
2: that movie um is it wally where all the humans are like i didn't watch it but yes it's wally it's, where they're all yeah fat they're all fat, and, fat and, and, they're, and they drive and they're like floating around in these little like machines and the machines do everything for them and it's like the sad so, so reality i feel like we're you, yeah, going towards that frank as a, you, as a I, I can see by your face
1: that you don't know what he's talking about but no idea. in the movie it takes place in the future right and it's so far in the future and in the future every single person is fat and has their own electric wheelchair everyone everyone's really around it's like real it flies chairs. and they don't have any
2: bones or something anymore or like or, I don't know or, or their bones aren't strong enough to support their weight so they need these apparatus to get around it's, it's actually really um,
1: I haven't seen it like I said but I've heard it's a very meaningful movie they have a right. lot of subtle hints of shit that we do wrong and mm-hmm. what's gonna happen what can happen in the future
2: absolutely yeah. no. we
1: should probably watch that Oh, do a movie would. night. Definitely would. <laughs> movie yeah, night right? and some Doritos. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> nah, 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 son. I can't go back into that. But uh, I also wanted to jump into really quick, because we have a little dead space here. I want to throw this in there, because I do want to hear. Like, what is the most common injury that you get mm-hmm. involving strictly weight training? Do you have enough cases, even, oh, for God. people who have hurt themselves just weight training?
2: By weight training, oh. do you mean like bodybuilding?
0: Weight training. Just your powerlifter, your you okay.
2: know, Olympic. Probably low backs pain. is the number one. No, low backs and shoulders are one and two. Uh, yep, I don't I have, know. I have my AC right AC problem. Um, low backs and shoulders, but low back pain is an epidemic in this country. Like that, mm. like I think like twenty years ago, it was like number twelve on the list of the most commonly complained about thing to their that's, doctor, and now it's number four.
1: That's not even from in, lifting though. That's from city, in general, right? that's or just general population.
2: City. But lifting injuries, I definitely see a lot of low back and shoulders. I think would be, probably be number one and two. Damn. And so,
0: and then that gets compounded with the sedentary lifestyle, because then they're always compressing that spine. Well, well
2: not even that. Like, so for like weightlifters, like you know, I treat a lot of powerlifters or Olympic lifters, CrossFit athletes, bodybuilders. Obviously, I work with a lot of field sport athletes too, mm-hmm. and you see these low back injuries happen. Or, I mean, obviously, at at AMP, we don't see very many because we're proactively screening our guys. So, like, if you want to train with us, you're getting a full head to toe assessment of all of your movement capacities and your ranges of motion and we we make sure that we're identifying the red flags before we prescribe an exercise because squat is awesome deadlift is awesome but if you don't have the prerequisite mobility where you need it and stability where you need it that medicine can quickly become the poison so we're proactive but i get a lot of people that are already hurt that come to recovery lab that want to train that want to be active that are a pro bodybuilder or a competitive lifter in some way mm-hmm. that have been plagued with these chronic injuries, and it's always because they have some kind of linchpin in their movement, whether it's a lack of mobility somewhere or or a lack of stability somewhere. Um, and and what you just have you got to tease that out and then start attacking it directly. So um, it's not always my back hurts because I have a bad back. It's normally because you're blowing the stress off in your back because you don't move well through other parts of your body. Got it. So you like compensate and you've been loading that, you know. Well, those, those two
1: movements you said the squat and the deadlift those are two movements where if your form's good and then you move up in weight as everyone always wants to do right and your form goes off that's not the movement where you want your form going off with to that much out. weight right yeah on yeah. you like those are two movements you need to have done to very own. well to very own. well yeah, yeah
0: absolutely yeah absolutely then i noticed that's i uh, ironically posted my deadlift uh session from yesterday because normally like when I deadlift I deadlift either really light and just go for explosive or higher volume sure. or I'll go for like almost not max but like maybe 85 like sub max but yeah dropping max, your volume down yeah yeah. but they'll always be that last rep because it'll only be about three to four reps and mm-hmm. then the three and four are where you start rounding a little bit sure and then your grip starts to go and then you start but your ego Gets in the way, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, 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 you got another rep in there. You got another rep in there. You want to advance?
1: You well, someone behind rep? you is like, go,
2: yeah, get it. Well, you know, it's funny too. <laughs> yeah. it's and you're like, like, okay. We all get obsessed <laughs> with these rep schemes too, and rep schemes are great. It's great way to mix it up, and it's great way to like understand what you're trying to do from like a periodization perspective, and like you know, progressing your training. But I'll get people DM me all the time on and going to be like, oh, like I'll post an e- a corrective exercise. Uh, how many sets and reps? And I go three sets of a fucking million, dude. Like it doesn't matter. Do <laughs> it. Do it on some kind of consistent basis. If you do five reps a day, that's better than doing zero. Yeah. You know, there's no magic window that's going to get you the result. It's doing it something habitually and doing it right. Yeah. And, um, um, with yeah. intent or doing it with a conscious purpose. Exactly. You know?
0: Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to capital. I like to talk about. Um, so I took like my 65% max and mm-hmm. I was just repping that out. Like, with the best form I possibly could. And I was doing it at the highest capacity I possibly could. So, every rep got my full attention, full grip. I honed in on every muscle, retraction of my scap. Right. Just kept my spine aligned and, like, was able to focus. Because normally when you go really, really heavy, it's like this has to go up right instead of this has to go up with your back looking like a fucking statue right and not changing from when you started to when you finished. Mm-hmm. that mentality that intellectual approach to fitness I've noticed has changed my life completely and I think I'm much stronger now and I haven't even touched heavier weight like just from using the principles I learned from you sure learn from at on it and just going for the just ultimate form correction yeah. will always make you stronger. And this is a concept that and I And form is even to...
2: different for different people. You know, we all have different bony alignments and bony structures. And, you know, everybody's squat will look different. You know, you have different femur orientations. Like, you know, again, I'm, I'm doing it with my hands. So yeah. You guys can't see this. But, you know, your femur lengths might be different. You might have different angles of orientation of the head of your femur. You might have different socket depths. and ori- Not all of us are the same. So as soon as you get into that, you have to squat this way. Mm-hmm you're already missing the boat. It's the standard bell curve of probability. If you do everything the same way or do the same program for everybody, some people are going to get hurt. Most people won't get better or worse. They'll just kind of be wherever. And then some people will get better, but not because you programmed well, because you got lucky. Yeah. Because that program or that squat technique happened to be what they need. So for that 17% of people, you look like a genius, but for the other 66.5%, You know, you might have ruined them, you know. So, again, we don't take that chance. We just evaluate. I'm not going to get you to point B until I understand what point A looks like. Got it. You know? No, that's and that's the
0: intellectual approach. And that's, I think that needs to carry into everything that we do in life. And I feel like a lot of people don't like to take that conscious effort. Kind of like what we were talking about before. Right. Where we want the immediate result. We want to be able to brag to our friends and show it off. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's looking for that max squat, the max deadlift. They're trying to set PRs. And they're not understanding why they're doing it they're going for the ends and they don't understand they don't want to understand the means to get there they're outcome
2: driven not process driven yes and it just builds
0: it builds a an economy of just dead personalities not even dead personalities i don't want to say that like lack of depth Depth mm. and where people are just look pushing that end goal and just looking for that end goal and when you talk to people like that who are oriented around that you f- you find that there's pitfalls in their game and where they're just doing things to appeal to you right and we notice that now like we were talking about before because my head's kind of in that game where on Instagram you're and on all these social media sites you're seeing people who are projecting the best version of themselves and that's all they want to do and then they try to give advice and try to educate using that platform, but have that lack of depth, lack of depth, I've got like cotton mouth, not do anything, <laughs> but uh, they have that lack of depth and it's, it's not easy to notice when you're online and everyone's so impressionable. And this is why so, so many people are trying to get stronger and trying to get more athletic and do all these things, but they're using the wrong principles to get there. Right. And this is why you have people with these, these different rep ranges and like, no, the, the secret to hypertrophy is 12 reps times four sets. That's right. how you should do
2: it because That is the textbook way of doing Mm -hmm. it.
0: Meanwhile, I haven't. Yeah, and there was
2: probably like some correlation study that confirmed that they got better results doing four sets of 12 versus three sets of 10. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But like, anytime you take. And and this is like a big problem in research in general is when you start to correlate one to the other directly, apples to apples, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to human beings. Yeah. Because everything is. Like, you, there's no way to limit those variables. So, yeah, four sets of 12 might work great for you. A lot of that, like you're saying, is clickbait. Yeah. I have the secret to big arms, like, or that, like, and that's what a lot of, and people take that advice as doctrine, and they don't even fact check it, you yeah. know? And that's where people run into trouble. Another Mark Twain quote that I love, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble, it's what you think you know for sure that just ain't so.
1: That's mm, where you that's run so
2: into trouble. True. You know what I mean? Like, you believe something is doctrine or fact. And so I believe any, it, this goes across any profession, but especially like in veganism. healthcare yeah. is we right. Yeah. But you should be able, you should be able to question what you're doing. And I do that mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. I question what I mean. Am I doing what I think I'm doing or am I doing it because it's the, this is the way it's always been done. Yeah. And so when you start to have that, you know, again, I'm not judging myself cause I've done things, you know, early in my career I was, doing it the way i was taught and I, it's vastly different than the way i do it now but it evolved because i consistently asked that question yeah i wasn't satisfied with the status quo it's like can i be better than that and so you know and it was really at first selfish for me it was really more for i wanted to get better because of my knee yeah. but in doing that and going through that process i ended up discovering a lot of things that i've been able to now help other people with yeah but i you mean know? that
0: you need to you need to like we were talking about before with the uh when a plane's going down you need to secure your oxygen mask sure, before yeah. you could secure someone else's well yeah you need to make sure that you're honing in on all of your needs and then once you've you filled your capacity now you have the power and the re- almost responsibility to help people around you, sure, because you've found the key to unlock your freedom, and then now, and and your wisdom, and then now you could actually spread that on to other people, mm-hmm. and then help yourself in the process through getting different. Uh, Results from different people, so you get different, uh, a whole different combination of genetics, personalities, and lifestyles, and then you can apply your methods that worked perfectly for you, and now you know how to foolproof yourself. Sure, but now you apply that to somebody else, and now you get to practice in different, different applications, different flavors.
2: Right. And then, well, yeah, it's a perfect example for like for manual therapy. I've always seen value in that. When I so my first job at a school was at the University of Florida, so I worked for the Florida Gators, and I was in their sports med department. It was unbelievable because it's just like. You know, for sports medicine, it's like Candyland. You know, you're working with the best athletes in the country. You basically have an unlimited resources, right. unlimited budget. Essentially, I think our operating budget the year I was there was the 08-09 season, which was the year they won the national championship in football. Uh, I think our operating budget for athletics was like ninety million dollars, like for a call. It's it just uh, it, whatever you that's needed, a, you could do. Amount. That's a little, a little bit of money. And the coolest part of it. So I'm seeing my boss at the time do manual therapy, and instantly change the way these guys move and perform. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's that's the money right there. But there's very little... It's getting better, but at the time, there's very little empirical evidence to support that as a... as a evidence-based approach to treating somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not supported in literature because the way I do manual therapy is different than the way somebody else does it, and the way that you perceive it as a patient is the, different than the way you're going to perceive it. So it's very difficult to eliminate all the variables to to say does this work again there we go with the air quotes again but yeah. does it work is it effective and we know it's effective it, massage has been around for 5,000 years like you know there's pictures of emotep in in egypt doing massage and you know hippocrates doing massage like we've been doing it forever yeah um but we we're only now starting to understand how that affects the nervous system and how that affects the brain and what we're really doing from a from a physical standpoint so it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool time to be in this field for sure
0: yeah and i mean definitely 100 percent. and I've, I've noticed we don't take enough care of our physical body because you don't think it really relates to our mental health and stress and PTSD. Sure. and i've heard i've heard talks about um people storing stress in their muscles in their fascia in their fascia yeah yes. so if you could elaborate a little bit on that if you know for what sure they absolutely. Mean by that yeah, yeah
2: so so Okay, for example, when I was at Florida like I got to take a cadaver class, right?
1: That was my favorite class
2: I've ever done. Fucking dope. Man, like it was just like Dude,
1: class. I tell me you didn't have the time of your life. It was it was unbelievable. Know, it, well,
2: yeah, it was it was sick. It was it was <laughs> really No,
1: sick. I literally people in that class thought I was fucked up. Because I was I, having so much fun yeah. playing with parts, like moving shit, pulling muscles and
2: making fingers move and just right. like
1: playing oh, and everyone's sure. like, Oh my god, he's touching it. So this is perfect. So like, you're
2: gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Go ahead. We spent hours Hours, hours, hours picking out the fascia, cleaning out the connective tissues so you can see the muscles and the ligaments and the veins and the arteries and the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I realize now, you know, 11 years later is that we were arguably taking out the most important part of a human being because it's not just an inert tissue. It's not just connective tissue that holds us together. It's neurologically connected to our body, and it's it's a way that our nervous system can interact with our different body systems. And so our fascial web is its senses, right? So it's part of our proprioceptive system, which is your brain's ability to know where it's at in space. You know, with in the absence of like your eyesight or your vestibule, like your inner ear for really, balance. Really, yeah. Great. I just
0: want to cut in because a lot of people probably don't know what the fuck a fascia is. Right. Um. So to give a visual. Through audio, try to visualize... So think about like a,
2: a steak. If you're eating a steak and the little white connective stuff that separates all the different individual bundles of meat, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. It's white, fibrous connective tissue that we used to think was just holding us together. It was glue. Yeah. What we know now is that it's neurologically connected. So like a sausage skin. Basically. basically. Like what that. Basically. So like. think about this. So uh, a muscle, uh, any muscles, m- bundles of fibers, right? Mm-hmm. In essence, it's a single fiber that's separated by fascia into a bunch of different fibers. So it it envelops and attaches our muscles, our soft tissues together, but it also um, neurologically webs our our physical, like our, our hardware, our muscle system with our nervous system. And so our brain is using the position of the fascia and the tension of the fascia as a predictor of movement. And so what they're saying now is because we now we know it's neurologically connected that like injury is almost stored in the fascia. Like your movement patterns will be changed forever. It'll remember, which is absolutely fascinating because we're looking at a human in, in such a different way now. And it's starting to change the way we do therapies. And so, you know, I've always believed in the power of touch and like, you know, working on somebody to get that result. Because, you, you, you know, as soon as you put your hands on somebody, you're connecting with them. Yeah. But it's even more so, you know, psychologically, right, you're thinking, oh, finally, Mike's working on my hip and this has been bothering me. for. Then it's finally going to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I'm changing your cognitive affect based on that touch. Right. And then we're connecting socially too, when we're very social animals. Right. I'm sure you guys I, I know you guys have talked about that yeah. on the podcast before. And we're very so now we have a social interaction happening and there's a sensory, a biological thing happening, mm-hmm. too. So it's checking off all those boxes. And so, but we're really enacting on the nervous system and the fascial system when we do these things and changing the perception of the tissue to the brain. So like we're talking about biohacking before, like tricking your brain. Yeah, our brains are malleable, man. Like they're easy to trick. And so I use that voodoo or witchcraft or trickery as a opportunity to get you to move a little bit better or to connect with that part of your body a little bit better. Yeah. As part of that rehab paradigm, you know, but like I said, the fascia, it's neurologically, it holds us together physically, but it also sends signals to our central nervous system. And so that is probably the biggest breakthrough in rehabilitative science probably in the last 10 years is that Would you say thing. you
1: use that the most, uh, like rehab of the CNS?
2: That's what I'm doing, yeah. Absolutely. That's like- I mean, we used to think, you know, 10 years ago, I thought I was breaking up scar tissue and breaking up muscle. And that's why I was getting these range of motion changes. What's actually happening is I'm stimulating the receptors in your skin and fascia, which are con- communicating to your brain. And then neuro- it's changing your body neurochemically. And so changing those concentrations of chemical mediators in the tissue as a, res- as a result of the mechanical stress of me pressing on you mm-hmm. changes the neuromuscular tone. So it's an indirect effect. Okay, so... Oh my God, I feel like capitalize. I need to sign up.
1: I'm going to sign Let's up for fucking
2: place. <laughs> so we're, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to clean off this table right now, and I'm just going to start working on Justin while, oh, while dude, we talk. please. <laughs> There's so many problems. So, Get that ping pong table over so, here. Yeah, right? <laughs> so recently, I mean,
0: I've had it for a while. I bought a Theragun, and Justin cool. recently bought, uh, too. bought yeah. one as well. And it's been... Ch- I mean, when I do it religiously, like I've recently been doing because now I have somebody who could help me out with sure. it. Sure. So you usually need somebody to... To do it for you, you yeah, when you're doing if it's your, like it's hard to
2: do your back in like yeah. certain areas and I feel like, like, like I'm contorting flexing. yourself right
0: yeah. so a, a percussion massager basically is a constant right pounding of the fascia of the muscle right and what I've noticed is like my soreness and my tight just the feeling of being tight right so soreness doesn't go away right that's, that's something that just stays no matter what how intense your workout was like that doesn't change mm-hmm. But the tension and, like, how my muscles are just constricted in that
2: pattern mobility that too.
1: I've realized my mobility has increased so much just from that that gun. So, what
2: you're doing is you're cha- yeah, That's a neuromuscular thing. That's a neuro thing. That's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. So, we have different receptors in our tissues that perceive very specific types of stimulus. For example, we have receptors in our tissue that can experience that light vibration or that percussion that you're feeling. They're called mm-hmm. Paxinian corpuscles. That's their job. Is to, when we feel vibration or rapid pressure, you're stimulating those mechanoreceptors. But they have a very specific pathway to the brain. And they interact with the brain in a very specific way. Typically, it's a sympathetic response. Meaning, Mm -hmm. I actually use percussion or tapping. You've probably seen pro athletes tapping their legs, like, quote-unquote, wake their legs. Dean, I keep hitting the mic. Wake the legs up. But what they're doing is they're stimulating those paxinian corpuscles, which is creating, like, more neuromuscular connection. And that's why you feel like, wow, I feel so free and awesome because you literally just like, pr- you basically like pr- like primed the lawnmower's engine. Like you pumped yeah. the, a little bit of gas in See, there first and then to... started it as opposed to just trying to start it cold over and over and over yeah. again. And that's what you're doing, which is awesome. When I used to run track, um, I was a really good track athlete. I would
1: just slap my fucking legs before running, like yeah. on the end. I had no clue of anything with the CNS. I had right. no clue. That's what you're doing. But you're stimulating just your nervous my system. Slapping my fucking legs as hard as I could, just like yeah. let's go, like psyching myself up.
2: And little did I know, it pa- Paxinian stimulation, brother. There That's you go. what you were doing. And so when I do deep and slow touch, hey. if I do deep tissue work, <laughs> hey, Ooh, explain so to me that. Some some, the there's some shit going down under the table right now. <laughs> yeah, I um, don't see Um, if it. I do, if I'm working like deep tissue. If I get into that hurt-so-good kind of pressure, mm-hmm. that's a different kind of mechanoreceptor that I'm stimul- preferentially stimulating, and that has a different effect on the brain. So when I'm working on somebody, it seems like I'm just massaging you, but I'm in my brain thinking about, okay, what's what potentially can help you move better in whatever pattern that we're trying to fix or whatever movement dysfunction that you have that we're trying to address, and do I need to tone things down and open them up a little bit or do I need to wake them up a little bit and that's how I choose the techniques that I'm using in those different areas and that's what you guys were asking me before like so for those of you not for listening I teach for rock tape the company where I teach the certification courses and that's what we're teaching I'm not teaching you how to put kinesio tape on somebody yeah I'm doing that too but I'm teaching you why you're putting kinesio tape on somebody yeah so that's
0: you know? But see, that's that's what makes your service. I don't, I don't want to keep plugging it, but, like, I mean, it's just inevitable. Mm-mm. No, keep it's plugging good. it, man. No, yeah. keep, <laughs> but I'm saying, it, like, I, don't, I don't want to stroke <laughs> the ego too much, but I they have to because it's objectively right. beneficial. Like, everything that you're saying is great, and what I'm hearing and what I experienced when I was there, I was like, this guy wants to educate. He's not here to give you
2: fish. I'm not he wants fixing to teach you, you how to right. fish. Right, I'm not, I'm not, you know, people don't get hurt on the table. Yeah. So I'm not fixing you on the table. I'm just using that as a way to get you to feel confident about your movement or just as a means. So in a half hour session, that I'm working on you. We're having that conversation. My job is to educate you. And that's what I am. I'm an educator first. Yeah. And then a manual therapist second and a businessman third. And, you know, all these other things. But you realize that, that that helps the rehab process itself. Is that oh, education. God, yeah, and man. That's like, you know, getting people to go, I'm not broken. That's awesome. Great. Oh, I'm so relieved. It's like, you know, they come to me from the doctor and they feel like they're doomed, you know? Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask about that, but does, do you get prescribed
1: from the doctor? No. Or, no, right? Your work, manual therapy, is not looked upon as a... You were saying this before. It's not looked as a
2: um, real source of... That's changing. Um, so, f- traditionally, if you went to... F- traditionally, insurance companies didn't pay very much for manual therapy services because there's not, like, hard, concrete evidence to support its use. That's kind of changing, but insurance in general, you know, they're they they like taking your money they don't like spending their money you know so or spending your money indirectly but they don't want to spend it so where insurance companies go is we need concrete scientific evidence in order to pay and so when it comes to pharmaceuticals they pay very well because we have double blind control studies of you know because i can give you a placebo to test the efficacy of the drug that we're testing Mm -hmm. how do you do placebo manual therapy yeah, how can I work on you without working on you you know yeah, what I mean right. how do I do a sham version of that and so it's very difficult so we don't we can't rule out placebo yeah. and so the and placebo I don't, listen, if it's placebo that I'm doing I don't give a shit because it gets results yeah. you know like at the end of the day placebo is a great thing but when it comes to reimbursement and prescription and that's why we don't I think deal I'm in models. that in modern healthcare or western healthcare anyway that's not no. the way it is in other countries but
0: knocks um, model
2: shit our model is all capitalist
0: driven it's all money first like mm-hmm. you're saying before and that's that you're not looking to solve the problem right. when when that's the case right and in in your case it's like your compensation is it could be so much easier if insurance companies were to cover cuz you'd probably be opening up 35
2: For sure. well i mean yes and no it's just be... reimbursements have gone so far down like like a lot of mom and pop like physical therapy companies are just closing cuz yeah. now you know in order to make enough money to sustain your business as, as a as a sole proprietor you've got to see six people an hour yeah and how do you get results seeing one person every 10 minutes you know you're not spending enough time with them to change their habit or educate them in any way so what do we do we well, that's the places on, they, we set you up on STEM. we set you up on this we set you up on these machines that. that's the
1: places where they put you on something they go hey do this they
2: leave go to someone else and come back 20 minutes right. later like right.
1: how was it like yeah and we're, we're
2: treating your pain doing that I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't have a time or place everything has a time and place it's just yeah. for people who really want to move better well you wish it was different you wish you didn't have to do that right see six people an hour yeah I used to I, I, I worked in a clinic that did that and it just you know I went from when I was working in the collegiate sports which was awesome very cool experience but I was one health care provider for 100 athletes so you're just spreading yourself so thin when you, cause I believed in what I was doing like the manual therapy approach and, you know, injury prevention, like evaluating athletes before they got hurt, not waiting till the wheels fall off and then send them to the doctor. And so doing that at that kind of volume just burnt me the fuck out. And so then I left that setting and went to a physical therapy clinic and my work life balance got way better. And my money, the money I was making was way better, but Then I was burnt out because I wasn't helping anybody. Yeah. Like, I wasn't really doing what I loved anymore. I was just a cog in the machine. Yeah, You know what I mean? I was just setting people up on modalities that I don't believe in. And so it just kind of ate my soul a little bit every day. And I was just like, you know, but... Yeah, you can't live like that. And that's all you got. It was hard. It was hard. And so Recovery Lab was basically a, a combination of the frustration from both of those things. You know? Yeah. So where do you see the future of manual therapy? The future of manual therapy, specifically, or the future of like therapy and rehab, I I, I believe I believe we're on the verge of a healthcare revolution for sure. Yeah, I think. You think so? Because that's big. You're talking about
1: by verge of uh, the whole system. You're talking like no more big pharma, right?
2: I think we're starting to head in that
1: direction. Uh, I was, think there's enough. I was, dude, I fucking wish. Yeah, I hope no, so. I too, hope man. so. Just, but, but that's big. That's and and big... listen, and, and
2: again, even, even you know, like I'll, I, I'm I, the first dude to bash big pharma. Don't get me wrong. But there is a time and a place for everything. There's plenty of things that are helped when you're on the right medications 1,000%. and you with a doctor. Okay, you know, but, you know, if you're a 20-something-year-old and you've got chronic pain and your doctor writes you a prescription for Vicodin, that's for him, not for you. Yeah. A, you know and and it's so easy to do that and think about it doctors are people too that yeah. dude might be a great guy that got into medicine cuz he wants to help people and he does love his patients but what if he just fucking has he's having a bad week you know or his his wife's cheating on him at home or you know like his you know his mom is sick you know he's not bringing his A game to every patient and it's cuz it's impossible and yeah. even doctors now have to see so many people an hour just to make to live that doctor lifestyle yeah. to have the Audi and to have the house to to live the way society expects them to live as being an MD and it's just they're not infallible there's human error low. across the board yes. and you know you know for example there was a recent study this, this earlier this year in January 2018 they sent and it's not a good research study because it doesn't have a lot of people but they took one guy with nondescript low back pain and sent him to 10 different doctors and he got 10 different MRIs What do you think they found? Ten different things. They found 49 different clinical findings and not two MRIs were the same. Not two MRI reports were the same. But we put this scan on this pedestal like, oh, this is the technology. Well, I was just about to say, they put
1: doctors on the pedestal too, but they're just taught to fucking give prescriptions. Some of them don't even know... What nutrition can change for people? That's the big one. Some of That's them don't dude. even... it kills me. Oh, man. For like, metabolic they're, disease... They're, the, How about the three things I, they have to uh, deal with? They don't have to study, or I think they do have to do one semester of one class of nutrition, like some nutrition 101.
2: Right, yeah. Which is fucking, subsidized by the government, the government carbs, which is like lear, learning the food pyramid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> dude, a doctor doesn't... A doctor, 12 years what? plus of studying, does not have to learn about nutrition.
2: Right. They don't have to learn about what the fuck rehab is or training or physical fitness either. It, they don't have to learn about exercise science. They le- You know what I mean? It's everything that you need to really, healed we to the really pill. really
1: place them on a pedestal you hear all the time. My doctor told me this. My doctor told me that. I'm doing this because my doctor said so. And it's like, dude, think about what I, I love this, too. It's, it's like p-
2: everybody has the best surgeon in the country. Everybody comes <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, my surgeon's the best guy that does this. And I'm like, Pfft. Yeah. Like, it's cool. like, that's, and I'm not, your guy might be awesome, and I'm not, but it's like, how does everybody have the best guy? Somebody graduated fucking last in yeah. that class you know what i mean like somebody was the fucking guy that just made it through med school <laughs> like barely he was cheating On all and all now kind of he's cutting people words. open or, or he's giving people drugs or but here's here's like a uh, you know this is a real story and this is obviously you know part of the reason why you know i am the way i am but my mom passed away a few years ago from cancer and it was her second go about with cancer and so she we knew she wasn't doing well and and it, we had just lost both my grandparents like right before that so she was already in a mental state that was not conducive to healing or recovery
0: and that probably had a big a huge way, to like, do so she wasn't that.
2: really taking care of herself like she was eating fucking Eggo waffles and like when she was hungry like in bouts in between like chemotherapy where she's just only all the time and so, I was concerned about her nutrition. So, I go out and I buy, you know, all this organic fruit and vegetables and, like, you know, kind of package everything up in the freezer. I was like, Mom, here's how you're going to make this smoothie just to put some quality nutrition. I know you're not hungry, but just drink it so that your body has what it needs to, like, endure the the medicine, yeah. you know? Not that it's going to heal you or it's just get some quality nutrition in there. So, she wouldn't do it. So, I I'm I went to her to chemo one day and I'm... I pulled her oncologist to the side, and this is, you know, big, big, well-known hospital. I'm not going to say names, mm-hmm. but up-and-coming oncologist. And I say, listen, I'm like, I'm really concerned about her nutrition. Like, she's not really eating much. and Tell me he finally to the side. What she was eating was garbage. And she's like, you know what? We have a nutritionist. Like, we could set up a plan. I was like, that'd be wonderful. I was like, but it would really mean a lot to me if you came over and gave her some... I want her to hear it from you because she's not, as much as I know I'm her son, she's never going to listen to me. She's like, no problem. She comes back over. She's like, so I heard you're not, you know, eating much. She's like, yeah, I'm really not that hungry. She's like, well, here, eat whatever you want. Cake, cookies, pancakes. Like, I just want you to eat so that you keep your weight up. And I looked at her and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? She's like, oh, there's no research to suggest that nutrition will cure cancer. And I'm like, I'm not talking about curing fucking cancer. I'm talking about. S- sustaining a life sustaining yeah, a human being life. to survive the poison that you're pumping into yeah, her right like now give her some sort of building and life. so after she passed I wrote this like four page fucking letter to the hospital system like basically as appalled that yeah. that isn't they don't standardly oh, offered they it, sh- don't like it should doctors. be mandatory that a cancer patient gets nutrition counseling Bro, the fucking... it should be mandatory my <sighs> girlfriend's aunt is given
1: one week to live, right now from cancer, she's Jesus. been battling it eleven, uh, battling it eleven years, yeah. and right now is the the tipping point. That's like, right. It's basically just, it. they're We're just don't. waiting. Yeah, she sucks, she been there. was put on a hospice. It's called right. right hospice. Hospice. Same bro, this woman, she's such a sweetheart, but she doesn't give a fuck about nutrition. She eats whatever she wants. She's smoking cigarettes. She doesn't care. And you know, mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I, Caitlin is her name, Caitlin and I. We both know a lot about nutrition, right? And we talk about it. We're like, give, her, we're like, feed her, give her stuff, like. And she just, dude, she just doesn't want it. Yeah. And no doctor that she's visiting for chemo or anything has ever told her about nutrition.
2: Dude, look what, what they thing. serve in hospitals, but man. You can go really, get a Coca Cola yeah. and a fucking plate of mac and cheese as your only, meal when you're in the hospital. It's only like, that's your only option.
0: Yep, yeah, we were sitting in the hospital with with my ex girlfriend and her uncle, and we had the menu. As to what they could eat and it was like on the left was like your your lunch and then it had snacks and then it had dinner and like the lunch was roast beef hero with Lay's potato chips and apple juice and then like slices or grapes like slices of apples and so, grapes right
1: Processed was, like roast uh, beef meat right right
2: cold shit. cuts cold,
1: uh, white bread random ass fake bread right Fake apple juice where the back says five percent juice, right? Ninety-five percent bullshit. <laughs> it's it's 5% apple flavored
2: juice. sugar water, is what it is. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And then there was like for
0: uh, for snacks, it was like a, a parfait. So I mean, it's not horrible, but like you're putting granola and like regular <coughs> yogurt, right? And all this shit. Like and then you had a like a custard for your dessert. Like as if we're this is a hotel, so to, and like you're just getting to the tag service. along with this story. No, micronutrients at all. Yep. Nothing. The Penny the
2: nutri-
1: vodka was one of them. And guess penny what? It's all
2: microwaved Ugh. from frozen. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? It's so to tag along yeah. with the story, she-
1: Caitlin works at a hospital right now. She works in the psych unit a lot. So she sees all these patients who are like a little messed up in the head.
2: Right. You know? EDPs. Yeah. Pretty, yeah,
1: pretty messed up. Emotionally in the head. disturbed They're either people, really... Yeah. PC term. <laughs> and their nutrition, they don't look once at it. She sees the food they bring in all the time. It's trash, bro. And they have so much... Concrete evidence of nutrition plays oh, a part. in sure. How you feel, your your serotonin, your dopamine, your neurotransmitters—it's fucking—it stems from nutrition, and obviously a lot of other things. Sure, you can't just pick nutrition, right? But goddamn, but like, like but like 80%. do the basics, like clean yeah, up the, the basics. basics, like hey, let's do the body th- and so
2: like food and mind B- nu- basics, right there. People think I'm crazy. Like I'll get somebody with chronic low back pain. And go, how do you sleep? Yes, what's your sleep like? So oh, I can't sleep yeah, at night. Man. Okay, well, what's your diet like? You know. Think about it. Like if I, if you had patell tendinitis, Frank, and you came to me and you had a knee issue from overuse, and then I could do exactly the same treatment with you, and if I get like Johnny Rocket down the street comes in who eats McDonald's three he days eats a Johnny week, Johnny Rocket, <laughs> right? Is that your? Is that your? No, he eats Johnny Rocket. Right? Yeah, he eats Johnny Rocket three days a week, <laughs> and he's at the exact same issue you have, and I do the exact same treatment. Who the fuck do you think is going to get better faster? Running laps around that bitch. Of course, because you are doing the basics right. And yeah. so that's what, we, with our middle school and high school athletes that we train, that's what we preach, is the basics. Do the basics Dude, things I savagely wish. well. Yeah. You know? And I you'll wish be I was
1: taught nutrition in middle school and high school. I just wish that oh should be God. the curriculum.
2: Because yeah. they're Wait, n- we're, we're not
1: were, old enough You're going to gonna love this. Uh, Frank and I were just talking about health class. Think back to health class. To health
2: class. Right. What did they teach you? How I remember my health teacher in middle school condom, ate though. Wendy's every day for lunch. Like, that was the big joke <laughs> in school that Mrs. Dreska ate Wendy's every day for lunch. She's our health, She's teacher. health teacher.
1: So, Frank and I just had this conversation. Like, all I remember from health class is that sex is okay when you find the right person and say no to drugs.
0: Right. That's it. Right. Yeah.
1: Nothing about health. Meanwhile, Drug. I've been having See, sex bro. with the
2: wrong people and I've been doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking working. Well, I mean, you know, but, but that's the thing is like, okay, so we demonize <laughs> these things, right? We demonize these things because it makes us feel better as adults when we're teaching kids like that to do. And it's just like now we're, so we're, they're going to get that information. So now they're getting that fucking information from G and porn, Yo, you know, real. instead of like understanding, like,
0: Fuck bro. you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> where they're getting a- their
2: information on the right. You know, again, it's, and they're we expanding. all have this drive to do these things. And instead of embracing it and empowering it and wrapping real education around it, we throw stigma at it. Yeah, we
0: wrap it with taboo, right. instead, stigma, and then it becomes that unforbidden fruit. That forbidden fruit, sorry. Right. You know, and it's
2: just we sit there and we're like, well, and then why the first time that bad? you get intimate with a girl, you're like anxiety-ridden fucking mess yeah. because you don't know the fuck you're doing because nobody ever actually explained to you that everything that you're feeling is like normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, did, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more because
0: they're not empowering you with the tools that you need to succeed. They're empowering you with anxiety or they think they're empowering you they're just instilling right. anxiety and then you become skeptical of everything you do and then now you're looking for that almost like a god figure in in adults who are right. also imperfect kids they And just now kids, kids can get that on time. social media
2: yeah. to, full, to to close that loop they were talking about social media before but like that's where they're going to get this information yeah. you know so and that's not you know peer reviewed you know like quality <laughs> info all the time like yeah. sometimes you can get good sources but you know it's a whole again we're all part of this big machine and it is what it is for better or worse but if you could just take a step back from that and just evaluate it for what it is and then what's important to you you know so if i ever have kids one day which i hope i do it's like i'm gonna sit my son down and just be fucking real with him you know what i mean and just be like listen everything you're 15 your dick is hard all the time like this is why, and it's okay to be interested in girls, boys, whatever you're interested in. Just know that that's normal, and you know, be respectful. Yeah, I gotta tell you, about, you're a little late. You know late. what I
0: mean? You're a little late on that talk. Yeah. Bro. 15, oh, am I? 18, you gotta be like twelve. Bro. Well, I mean, you know, I, you <laughs> okay. know you're, you're,
2: you're trying to hold it back a little yeah. bit. You know, you don't want. Nah, I'm totally joking. But, but little like Mikey, you know, spewing his seed at twelve years old all over in the place. In socks. Why are these <laughs> socks sticking together?
0: <laughs> yeah, but like. And seriously, like I feel like if with my kids in the future, what I want to do is be their best friend and be the person that allowed them to do the taboo things within my supervision. Right. And just be like, listen, you're going to be pressed with weed. You're going to be pressed with alcohol. You're going to be pressed with other hard drugs. And people are going to make it look cool. Right. I'm going to give you the tools that you need to, to have in order to deal with these situations. Know why people are doing it. And just... Just identify the key drivers and the motivations. This way, when they're in that situation, they could identify that that feeling. Sure. And then they could associate that with the the lessons, like you said, can still empowerment, them. Of education. Scaring them. Yeah.
2: Right. Don't it's, no fear mongering. You know, it's it doesn't education, work. and then use that education and make your decision. And yeah. just know that that decision can and will have consequences. So you when know? we
1: when we talk about this subject, I always refer back to this story. Uh, I and you heard me say before that English wasn't my first language. Right. French was from France, and also from Italy. That's where French and, is from.
2: Yeah, dude. Oh wow. We just I
1: discovered know. that yesterday. Fuck. Pretty fucking great. It's thing, also
2: yeah. where fries were invented.
1: <laughs> and French toast. Look, freedom fries, bro. No, um, no, <laughs> get out. America. Out. <laughs> Fuck Remember yeah! when that came out? Freedom fries, motherfuckers. Yo,
0: that was like a three-month issue. We were like, oh, no, these are freedom fries, It's like, this is my fucking fry. (laughs) Fuck.
1: Anyways, we're talking about education and being upfront with things. In France and in Italy, alcohol and a glass of wine is not demonized. No. At all. I was raised... Parents had a glass of wine every. So time did the kids. So was I and at yeah. Sunday dinner. Like, when my like...
2: grandfather would pour a glass, a small yeah. glass of wine, because it was a symbolic
1: thing. Yeah, it was. It was. Hey, Justin, this is wine. You want to try it? Like, you're 10 years old. Try it. Go ahead. Try it. No problem. Obviously, I fucking hated it. It was right. disgusting. Yeah. But there was no wall where it was like, oh my god, that's wine. That's alcohol. 21. When I'm 21, there was right. none of that. So when I high school, college, bro, I've never blacked out. I've never been like let's go get fucked up it's just I don't associate associate alcohol and wine or beer with that it's it's a respect it's a dinner thing it's a respect thing it's it's also like you're hanging out with friends and just like drink
2: right oh you You weren't wired to like you know it's like you get that adrenaline surge when you're doing something you know you shouldn't do oh yeah you get that like oh my gosh like I'm a badass or I do like you never shot here we go right but like so for you 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 never had that well i was it wasn't was, something that was wrong you know you're no like okay up. i'm gonna drink this responsibly because that's how i've been taught to do it yeah there yeah. was
1: no stigma there was no wall and there was education right there's education so now with marijuana you know it's or sorry not marijuana Fucking cannabis cannabis dude. Cannabis. Cannabis. Yeah. cannabis we learned um that we, marijuana J. is not the right word to use it's right it's not that is not the full so it's, it's the it's so we, it's a
0: term we used that, that was as a, made up. It was a fearmongering term that we tried to use as like a, if it's a Mexican word for tobacco, which was which is the way that we we illustrated it. it's a Mexican term for tobacco that was associated with darker people, quote unquote. That is so. White I never women, knew that. I did not know. White that. women. Wow.
2: That was like the so, the uh, that was how the government slapped on yeah. that universal like be afraid of this thing because yes. it's gonna yes. rape, yes. rape your women right. So the right. real word is cannabis. Cannabis.
1: cannabis yeah. So with cannabis, you're seeing it become very widely um, accepted now. Mm-hmm. and with that, the stigma's gone, the wall's gone, and when we have kids, we're gonna have to have a talk with them like, this is cannabis. It's gonna pop up, and do you think you're gonna be like? If you want to try it, you could try it here with me first. I, n- before, I will be the first. Before to smoke you get some like random it. shit outside, right? Try it here, safe at home with me. I'll help you. I'll explain to you, just so you're educated and you know what will happen. Fuck
0: yeah,
2: no, I mean, I hope we get there. I do. Because I mean, it's, it's
0: inevitable. It's inevitable. Yeah. it's it's a it's a, a pharmaceutical wet dream in a plant, <laughs> just like kratom is as well. There's so many. There's so many applications for it. It's just, it's too...
2: It's, it's amazing too that obvious. we've gotten away from things that grew on the earth that way. We grew like, with it. It's so
1: sad. It's so sad. It's,
2: it's you know, and but yet nobody has any problem popping that orange bottle open, popping that lid, and taking that little white pill that was made Advil, in the lab. Advil's like
1: the family pill. What family doesn't have bottles yeah. of Advil?
2: Right. And, and we take it without any thought of consequence meanwhile your liver is just being polluted and then and and here's the reality and here's the reality i face as like a rehab person is some people think ibuprofen is a part of a well-balanced breakfast you know it's like that's part of the way that they start their day and it's totally it's like you know what i have this pain i'm just going to take the pill and now my pain is gone i'm good i fixed it it's like no you just literally swept that shit under the rug just white out yeah you swept it under the rug and you created more problems yeah Exactly. If you do it every day, yeah, you're complicating. You're complicating other areas that maybe you hopefully don't have an issue. Yeah. Like to I thin my blood out, so that you feel constantly. a little bit better in the short term, and you know, and it's and I tell people all the time, it just if you want to really recover, it's a process. To, yeah. It just fucking takes time and yep. consistency, and
1: well, it's you habits. will get It's there. habits changing. Right. I tell that I used to be and tra- mindset changing. I used to be a trainer, and that was my biggest thing, bro. It's I'm not. I don't give a fuck if you work out five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. That's not what it's about. It's about lifestyle, habitual changes. Right. That is what will get you the furthest and will change everything. Because, I mean, it makes sense. You're in this position. You're fat. You're obese. You're sedentary. You're in that position because you're not because you don't work out an hour a day. Right. It's everything in your life, the whole outside picture. You need to change. You want a different physique, a different life, a different feeling in your head That's going to come with a whole different life. Right. So you need a lifestyle change. And that's one habit at a time. Mm -hmm. Pick one thing. Just focus on that. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's if it's
2: drinking a glass of water the first thing in the morning and then you can make that a habit, great. Now you can build on that.
0: Yeah. Seriously. It's that first W for the day. And that's the thing that I've been trying to push until it got fucking cold out. But every single morning, getting out there and for eight minutes just charging up my body by running around the block and that just cascaded into these
2: positive events every single day. Dude, it's the same thing happened to me, man. A year I was supposed to get married a year ago and it didn't work out. Right? She actually called it off, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. God, so because we were just doing it for all the wrong reasons. We were doing it for other people. We weren't happy. But it, again, it was... Oh, that
1: sounds shitty. I had that gone through...
2: Bad. You know what it was? It was, we were together, and then all of these events happened. Like, we lost my grandfather, which was a huge blow to our family. Very, very close, you know, a cl- Italian family. Yeah. You know, like, my dad died when I was young, so my grandfather was like the father figure for me. and, and But all of us. And he passed, and that was a huge blow. And then my grandmother, who was hopelessly dependent on him, couldn't do anything for oh, her, herself. I mean, yeah. they were
1: probably married what seventy plus years, sixty, 60 plus years, sixty years, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and she, didn't drive, she didn't drive. She didn't. She didn't write a check. I couldn't imagine. She didn't
2: do anything. He did everything. It was that classic yeah. patriarchal family. Mm-hmm. So then her health deteriorated just from being sitting in boredom every day and not having any interaction whatsoever. And then she passed. And my mom was re-diagnosed. And it was just like. So I was in this relationship, and we were just kind of surviving for four years. And we never really got to build a relationship because we were just reeling from the last tragedy still. And I was starting a business, and I was never around. And so we got engaged because it was the next step.
1: right? It's the next thing you're supposed to do. And and honestly,
2: here's the truth. I felt obligated because she had helped me through all of that and stood by through all of that. So I felt obligated even though I wasn't happy. And I wouldn't even recognize that I wasn't happy but neither was she mm-hmm. so she calls it off 2 weeks before the wedding so my whole wow. world just fucking like collapsed right i was just like how what am i going to fucking do now it was like another thing to deal with and i started you know i moved to you know i was in long beach and started just walking on the beach every morning it's the first thing i do just walk on the beach and it and it became like this ritual it was more of like a mindset thing yeah. than anything else but it was a it was an opportunity to be introspective and l- look reflect without judging myself and obviously you know it's hard to do that but and it was this whole big growth process mentally and as soon as i started doing that all these things started happening Mm -hmm. so the week after the week after she calls up the wedding i like took the week off from work i'm like literally packing up our apartment and moving out i'm throwing away everything i was just like i just hit the fucking nuke button basically (laughs) and then i get a call from a mets player for treatment you know what i mean uh so it's like Not exactly the blonde rebound I had in mind, but pretty fucking cool. (laughs) And then a couple months later, I get the rock tape call, and, like, recovery lab started kicking ass. And just because I was in such a different place mentally, I didn't have all this weight on me anymore. And so, not to get totally deep on, like, that personal stuff, but it's part of the reason I do what I do and why I do it the way I do it. Because when I, when somebody's complaining about their injury, it's like you don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah. You don't know what they're not telling you, and so in order for me to get to that point, I have to build trust, and I have to build a relationship, and that's when the rehab starts. Yeah. So would you have
1: would Window. you have taken all those like the when the Mets calls you, right. and The rock tape. Would you have taken all those if the wedding went through and you were married, honeymoon,
2: and focusing on her and trying right. to be happy? Would you have taken all those steps? You know, it, it's so funny because I I was always the guy. I never believed things happen for a reason. Yeah. I just refused to believe that because I, I kind of always thought that like my effort and my hard work and, and that was going to be the thing that dictated my life. Not that I had no, like I didn't like the idea that I didn't have control over my future Mm -hmm. in that like everything happens for a reason sense. But what I come to realize now years later is life was trying to teach me a lesson and I wasn't learning it. So it kept teaching me the lesson over and over and over again in the form of these like tragic events, but it wasn't happening to me. Yeah. It's happening because it needed to happen for me to learn. And finally, I'm like, oh, okay, I got the lesson now. You know, so yeah. it's, I use it. Now I look at it as a constructive point in my life, even though I had to go through that stuff. That wasn't easy, but it helps me be better now for my clients and for the people that I love and my friends and my family. And being able to pour from a full glass instead of pouring from an empty glass all the time, you yeah. know. And so would I have taken those things? Of course, I would have taken those opportunities, but I don't think I was ready for those opportunities yet yeah because i wasn't yet grateful for what i had i was always worried about what i was going to get right i'm going to work hard i'm going to get this future that i want but as soon as i stopped focusing on the destination and started really focusing on the journey and just being hey i'm here today and i've had this opportunity and i get to help people and do what i love for a living like i'm already blessed yeah like that i don't have to do a job that i fucking hate that's most people you know, I actually get to make connections and actually help people do what they want to, you know, help people live their life a little bit better. Or, you know, that, like, the coolest feeling for me is when people come back that second session, I'm like, I, I feel so much fucking better, man. I, You know, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no better reward. If I could do it for free, I would do it for free. If yeah. I didn't have to get paid to make a living, if I had millions in the bank, I'd still do that's, it for free. That's, we See, just that's had that
1: discussion. We just right. said that. We right. just said that um, a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, if... I didn't make money from this. No. I said if I became a millionaire, because we played we're the... We're talking about the lotto. The lotto, the lotto. You know, okay. It's, it's yeah, at a yeah. billion dollars. Right, right, right. So everyone at my job, we all split in, and if we like win... A pool? Yeah, if we win, each of us gets $30 million. So at work, we were all taught... Everyone was like, oh, if I win this, I'm, if I win the money, I'm doing this. If I win the money, I'm buying this. And I, I sat back, and I thought about it, and I, I, and I was like, you know what? If I win this $30 million... I would continue doing what I'm doing right now nothing, right? nothing would that's change that's pretty fucking obviously, awesome obviously I, I'd invest and I'd, you know, right. I'd you'd know. you have your fun things. and do your yeah. thing but like it like, wouldn't grossly main... change your whole life no. and so yeah. that's my you winning my main thing that I would winning. focus on would be my YouTube because I love filming and would be the podcast because I see so much potential in this I see so much fulfillment in this podcast sure so I texted Frank and I told him that and he's like didn't you and your co-workers go over the same thing we had
0: the We literally had the same discussion at the table at uh, while we were away um, at the table, they're like, all right, we're going to go buy a lot of tickets that anyone will, anyone want in. And we were asked, they were just talking about what they were going to do with it. And like, they're going to quit their job. They're going to quit our job. We're there for a work retreat. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we're fucking blow the doors oh, off. We this like all did. were going to quit too, bro. We all were going to quit. I know, but job. that was what they were saying. Cause they're so fed up with what they're doing now that like, that would be just the end all for what they're doing now. Yeah. And then they would just go buy materials. Like, right. they go on vacations. Yeah, that's and what do everyone was, things. And was saying. I was like, okay, yeah, so I would go on vacations and do things, but I'm doing that now. Right. But I love what I've set up already. And I wouldn't change a thing besides the fact that I spend my my f- eight hours a day just thinking about work in some way. Or right. Working in some way.
2: But that it would, would definitely be a shift for me. I mean, I would, I, you know, I, you would yeah, like just right. said
1: you would do it for free. I would do so I'd still be doing what I'm doing. I would definitely free.
2: still teach. I would definitely mm-hmm. still treat, you know, and even for me, like as an entrepreneur, as a business person, you know, it's like. When you, when you start a business and you're doing it all, right, the goal is to get other people to start to help you so that you can start to take a step back and now you're not the one doing all the work. But like for me, it's like, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to get to a point where I don't do any treatment anymore because I, l- you know, it's not easy. I well, had like eight, eight, eight hours to... of manual therapy today before I came here, you know what yeah. I mean? Like working on people for eight hours is not an easy thing, but I get so much fulfillment out of it that, I don't know I can't picture a future where I don't do it and yeah. like I'm just trying to wrap my head around like the growth of Recovery Lab and you know I have employees for the it first time and it's so it's, 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 I'm gonna do it in some level forever yeah. but I also know that it's re- my responsibility to pass on what I know
1: yeah. to yeah, so anthony and sense. teach
2: him sense. and groom him so that he can now help yeah. more people and so now together as a team we're helping even more people and, and that's really as, the goal. as much
1: as you back up and open a new location and keep hiring people you're still always going to have your hand in it sure like you said yeah. it's your passion you right. want to be hands-on right you are you know if you want to expand or you're gonna have to step back mm-hmm. open locations and all that but
2: yeah and, and let always, go always and let always... other people And so, like, even my vision for Recovery Lab is multidisciplinary. You know, I don't care if you're an athletic trainer, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, a chiropractor. If you have the same philosophy as, you know, like, treating movement and not pathology and not Mm -hmm. diagnoses, then you have a place. And I want to give people autonomy. Like, Anthony is a massage therapist who works for me, and he's trained in Chinese medicine. So he's brought in some acupressure techniques and an essential oil diffuser and like these are things that he learned that i don't really do and i'm like you know what fucking awesome man let's do it of course yeah if it's gonna bring value to somebody then why not do it you know so it's really cool to see you know again accept new ideas kind of stack them up against your philosophies and your values and as long as they're in line with that then it's a it's a win you know is it doing anybody harm no you know, is everybody going to come in the door and go, ooh, that essential oil blend is really nice. Not everybody, but yeah. the people that do That's notice it, <laughs> the people that do notice it and they're like, oh, I really like that. I just added value to their treatment. Yeah. They just had a better experience and that experience is part of their rehab. So it's like, awesome. Why not? It's like, yeah. it's like One gravy, hand. man. It's the cherry on top. Yeah. It's, you don't need it for the Sunday to taste good, but it's so nice when you put that little drizzle on it, you know? Yes. And so little things, and I tell people all the time, small hinges swing big doors. Yep. You know, and and Social. it's not always the big things that matter. Sometimes it's the smallest details that make the difference. And
0: yeah, because we're ultimately we're human at the end of the day, and it's those five senses that need to be stimulated in some way, right? right. So like we get caught up in the big business and sure. future plans for my business and right. how many people am I going to touch with this and how much money am I going to make and then what am I going to do with that money and I'm going to be happy and I'm be that are you? Because right now is all you have. You just have this this moment in time. Yeah, and are you? Are you using this time right now to enjoy or fulfill your life right now? And it's like
2: we're always in the future. We're always planning and trying well, to make things two, bigger. Well, it's two things. There's some people okay. that get stuck in the past, right? Mm-hmm. They can't get past their past. And they have, like, these anxiety issues. And, you know, so I'm, I'm speaking from experience again because mm-hmm. this is kind of like my brother and sister. Yeah. You know, we all grew up in the same environment, you know dad died when we were little everybody felt bad for us oh poor you poor you and i never kind of vibed with that i was like i don't want to be treated any differently i'm happy like i have a good childhood like i don't i lived in limbrook like we didn't want for anything like you know we didn't live like kings but like we were we had great childhood yeah but that's kind of fueled their depression and anxiety and so now they can't get past they can't live presently because they're stuck in the past whereas i did the opposite and i got so stuck in my future i wasn't living in the in the present and And so this last just
1: as harmful right and so
2: even though like everybody's like oh mike you're doing so great and you you know you left and you got out and you did your own thing and you're forging your own path it's like yeah i did those things but i still wasn't enjoying my life presently while i was doing those things because i was so focused on what was going to happen and not what was happening now and so this last year and it wasn't until she called off the wedding that it forced me to fucking think like, what am I doing right now? Because now I'm not planning a wedding anymore, and I'm not planning for kids. I'm not planning for a future with this person that I thought I was doing. So yeah, all you're, those you're plans you're are for shit future now. Just got, yeah. Right. Yeah. Erased. Like erased. The plans were erased, and so you start to have to think, okay, what am I gonna do today? Yeah. And that tragedy ended up totally changing my psyche in a powerful and positive way. Fucking. So now body. we're friends. That's the coolest part. You know, we don't talk a lot, yeah, but of when we do, it's not a... There's mutual respect. It's, I'm thankful. Yeah, man, that's... I'm fucking thankful. That's the, that's, and she's happy, and I'm happier, and it's like... That's the right just, way to do things. It, it, you know, dude, on, on listen, day. it took time. Trust me. You know, those first few months, sure. I wanted a fucking... Yeah, you know, rinse my mouth out with buckshot and just go on a yeah. k- fucking killing spree. You know, like, you know, we all have that demon in us, you know, Whoa. or just like you just think like, <laughs> okay, podcasts. all this planning. And, yeah. Right. No. And on that, we, uh, yeah. up. and <laughs> silence. So, no, but like, you know, like you, you go to that place in we've, your mind where you're all just all like totally like, like, fuck it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then you start to come out of it and you start to think about like, okay, all these, and then all these good things started happening. And it started with me just walking on the beach every day by myself. It and it's fucking crazy how that stuff works out. So now when stuff happens, I go, okay, what am I supposed to learn? Not, mm-hmm. not necessarily yes. what am I supposed to, what do I do now? It's okay. It happened. I can't change it. Yeah, and it's, like, you right. gotta take these fucking,
0: these traumas, man. Like, people want to go, oh, what was me, and, oh, man, poor me, poor me. Right. Dude, fucking, you're lucky, man. Like, I, you walked into this house, like, we're, this isn't a fucking, like, I grew up very, just, everything was kind of taken care of. Sure. And, like, we knew we were gonna get food, and, like, there was right. like, a worry, and, like you just get a taste of that and you could get tainted so fucking hard. Right. And you could just turn into a piece of shit, affluenza, just, you expect, expect, expect. Right. And Expectation is the fuel heavy. of so much evil, man. And it's like, if you could just sit back and be grateful for what you have at every moment in time, just be grateful that you're here.
2: You'd and be so fulfilled. You
0: could so everything fulfilled. is sure. gravy. Everything. You come in here today. You come in here today. Like that is gravy to my life. I knew I was set. I know I'm happy. I know I have everything that I need in order to survive physically. Now, how do I enrich that life? Right. Surround myself with people who are also grateful. So we could all work towards one common goal, which is either to educate, enlighten, or just motivate each other. Sure. In that way. And just keep that that volume of positivity. Concentrated in my life, at least. However, and I like possibly. you said, when you
2: went to on it and you get that feeling, and so that's what I'm trying to build in a recovery. Yeah, way. I'm trying to build a feeling, not a business.
0: Yeah, and I feel like people you who know? get hit hard with like traumas like that, and this is kind of the point I wanted to get to like, that is f- that that's like pulling a pendulum one way. And then just letting that shit rock the other way towards your success. Like for right. me, I went through a nasty breakup recently, mm. and like then I went on it and learned so much about myself. I was finally alone. I was finally just the only person in my life. Yeah. Besides like family and the they're actually
2: they're Truth be told, this last year was the first time in my life I've ever lived alone. I've I've always either oh, like lived, lived I lived at home. Yeah. Uh, I lived with roommates. Mm-hmm. I always lived with roommates or I lived with my girlfriend and then she was my, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never had that time where I was like, I go home at night. Like I'm going to go home and like, it's me time. It's yeah. yeah. Well, there's nobody telling me what to do or ask me to do Like I can, it's like you a total ownership over your time, Yeah. which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on the person, but and how you use it. But again, so that, I, I that you know, it's funny. We were talking about how you're into archery and stuff. And, and so that's a great metaphor for life. Sometimes you get that pull. You got to get pulled back, man, before you release and launch you know what i mean so like if you get that hardship and for people and that's what i try to instill in them with these injuries you know it's like you know um it doesn't matter what it is i you know i treat anybody from you know mlb players nba players you know all the way down to middle school kids and it's a lot of people see that this this injury is like oh man like man this happened to me it's so bad and like why why they scream they're shouting at the gods why did this happen to me but it's You know, I blew my fucking knee out and lost out on a full ride scholarship to play lacrosse. And it got me into what I do now. Yeah. It led me to my passion. You know, so it's... How do you regret that? You know, like, damn it, I didn't get to go to UMass. You know, it's like, okay, we're great. I went to Marist and I fucking loved it and I do what I love. And so, I'm winning, you know? I think people need traumas, though. Like, I don't
0: think it's... Okay, to live a life where you really haven't dug deep into your psyche, like where you got pushed to the no, point where the you have to thing, fucking pick up the pieces. It's the whole sure, thing
1: that the struggle makes you stronger. Oh,
2: absolutely. Because we don't who are you if
1: you don't go through one fucking struggle in your life? What oh, have you learned? Here's the reality: Where's we your all step-up?
2: have shit. Everybody's got shit. Yeah, but some Everybody's people have a steady,
0: shit. eh, type of shit, right. which is just a stress and just like a, a slight drip of stress throughout right. the entire day, instead of people getting hit with like. I wake up to this fucking problem every single day and it is a killing me it's draining me but right. it's attached to someone I love and I'm obligated to do it and it's like taking care of like a you know a family member who really needs your help yeah. for health and like you're just a slave to that but you love them so there's a purpose behind it but then when that isn't an issue anymore now you're grateful for what you have and then you're like okay well I don't have that to take care of anymore I gotta take care of myself right. now I know how to take care of myself and be grateful for what I have because I know how bad it could be and then you have a reference point if you don't have that reference point sure. you're fucked and I've my whole life I grew up with cushion and like understanding and I mean, without understanding, sorry, I cushion and just like a closed off life and no understanding for other people. So I didn't have like a deep sense of empathy until I worked. And we talked about this on the podcast one time I worked in Hempstead and I got to talk to people of all different demographics and all different financial and socioeconomic status. Right. And I got to finally see people who weren't the same color as me, the same ethnicity, did not grow up in the same lifestyle or household that I did. And I was like, holy shit. I have it so fucking good, and yeah. I need to make sure that I use that understanding to my advantage and take advantage of the things that I did have and then spread that to people that don't have it because I have no idea what it's like to be that way, and I want to feel what they feel well, thing so too. that I can yeah. appreciate what I have because I don't know how to appreciate what I have because I didn't know any less than that. Right. So my baseline is so high that to fulfill more, is t- it takes so much energy, mm. but I don't even have the the uh, drive to do more because I feel like okay what else is there to do I have it you know and then you don't know your character doesn't get developed you just you're kind of above sure. ground you're floating you're like I don't
2: even know what it's like down there I want to I need to suffer sometimes listen man some you know, hitting and and bottom can be a powerful motivator it can be a powerful learning experience if, if you're willing to take the lesson and yeah. you know it's I think Aldous Huxley said you know experience only teaches the teachable mm-hmm. and so you have to get to that point where you can accept it almost objectively to the point where you know now you can reconcile with it and move on and and get better and grow from it not everybody can grow from tragedy you know like even people in my own family we all suffered the same tragedies you know but the interpretation of that is very different based on your perspective and my perspective has always been like I'm future I'm gonna do these things and which again like like we said that pendulum always swings there's extremes on both sides but if you're not going to reconcile and take the lesson and learn and grow, you get stuck in that space. You know, you get stuck in that place, and it's hard, and a lot of people struggle with that, man. And a lot of the people I see are struggling with that. Even though they have a physical injury, it's manifested from many, many different things. Yeah. I so, know. like, you know, I have to – I tell my students and my my interns, like, be the safest thing in the room. That's your job as a healthcare provider is be the safety net for somebody. Yeah. You know, and, you know, sometimes I'll get an eval and – They'll start talking about their issue, and then I can just tell that they're just trying to get it off their chest. Yeah. And I'll just sit there and say nothing and just let them talk. Fuck yeah, And listen. And I might be the first healthcare provider that actually listened to what they had to say. Yeah, what you think caused your injury might not be totally true, but because you think that that caused it, it matters. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? The
0: placebo can then take effect. It's like, oh, I woke up, I
2: I slept wrong, and, and I woke up with this horrible back pain for the last 10 years. It's like, okay. That's obviously not the case, yeah, but yeah. let's explore that. Please tell me, yeah. you know, explain, please tell me more. You know, let's, let's talk about that in a more, you know, or expand on that. Why do you think your sleep, that one night of sleep wrecked your back? Mm-hmm. And then we can start talking about maybe the fact that you sit at a desk for 12 hours a day and tw- type up TPS, TPS reports for a living. And have donuts yeah. every lunch. Right, yeah. and then we can start attacking that. But if I totally discredit your thought process, from the jump of an evaluation I've already lost. They would lost. leave. They would yeah. leave right there. Or even if they don't. Even if they still come for treatment, I'm not going to get the same result. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get that same buy-in that I'm looking for mm-hmm. because I totally discredit them from the jump. Yeah. So I try not to do that. Sometimes it's hard because people can come up with some crazy shit for why they're hurt. Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. But, But I mean, you got to be able to maneuver and be able to kind
2: of kind steer them in feelings. the direction. I can't give you the answer. I kind of have to like ask you the right questions to Get you to get there, yeah, and then you once you get there, then we can have that conversation mm-hmm. and move on. You know? Yeah,
0: because no one wants you to impose. Like a lot of times, people think, "Oh, well, you think you're the professional. You think you're this." You, right. Like, they'll have that perception of you if you're telling them, hey, "Well, no, this is actually." From what I'm gathering, this is kind of what I see. You can't right. go that direct. You can't That's not, like not right away straight line.
2: You got to. But like once we problem. have a relationship, and yeah. you and you know, like, hey, listen, I'm in your corner. I'm on your side. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Yeah. Once we have that as the ground level that we're working from. Mm-hmm. Now I can say, hey, Frank, listen, you know, I think your, your squat needs to be tweaked a little bit, or I think you might be overdosing this a little bit, or do you really need to do one rep maxes? Like I can start to challenge your thought process, but once that yeah. relationship is formed, I can't start with that because now yeah. it's, now it's a combative relationship instead of a, instead of a, an alliance, yeah. you know, and that's what we need is, a, is an alliance. And most people don't have an alliance with their doctor. You know, yeah. they don't have an alliance with their service providers. It, it's more like I come to you to service me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that, that guy that offered me double, he just wanted me to service him. He didn't want to interact no. or collaborate. No. So at that point, it's a moot. You know, I'm not. we're not getting anywhere with that relationship. Yeah. And I would just, that session, even if it was double the price or triple the price, would kill me every day to do it. Yeah. No. Every time he came in, I would be pissed off. So I just wasn't trying to put that in my my workspace, you know. No, nah, of course, and I mean, you need to be able to. I think to what move you're on.
1: doing is is like the best form of medication, if you could even say. It is. It's your movement you're is like medicine. Part therapist, part doctor. Right. Part ther uh, physical therapist. It's fun- sure. It's. I mean. But that's it's again, because you're you taking need. care of the whole picture. Right. Well, I mean, it's so when game. I was
2: at the colleges, and I'm the athletic trainer for your team you play baseball let's say i'm the athletic trainer for your baseball team college i be kind of become your mom and dad basically it's like when you get hurt and something's bothering you like you come see me like when i was at florida and i'd get the knock on the door hey mike can i talk to you for a second i'm like oh boy what's this um so it kind of burns when i pee and i don't know what's happening and then, you know so now i have to kind of put on that psychologist hat and all right dude sit down for a second uh well, you want to tell me about what's going on like oh you know this and that and it's like oh she was a nice girl wasn't she yeah. alright well here's what we're gonna do she's a we're nice gonna... girl to everyone right yeah. right here's you're gonna go to student health you're gonna, you're gonna... You're gonna have to take a pee test and all. but like you have to kind of well, because be... they trust bro right? Right. I feel like all but your that's a trust. trust
1: you because of your personality your character right. the way you work your honesty how genuine you are it, it shows right. I mean yeah, man. fuck I've known you for you're an hour podcast. and 27 minutes mm-hmm. And I could already tell you, you're the most genuine guy. I appreciate that,
2: man. And I try to be, I try to, I just try to be authentic, you know, and um, as best I can, you know, it's, uh.
1: But that's what we want from our healthcare professionals. Sure. We want real, we want honesty. I mean, I know I want holistic.
2: Yeah. But even holistic, like, that gets a bad rap. The word sucks. You know, well, it's like it's uh, gotten, no, it's a great word. I, it's got, a I great word, but, but it, it has the connotation of, like, voodoo magic. That's what like, I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh, you're going to a holistic practitioner? No, a holistic practitioner just means that we're looking at the person and not the diagnosis. Yeah. We're, we're looking at a human being and not a meat suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's holistic medicine, and that's functional medicine, and yeah. that's what I I mean, practice. for me, I
1: contribute holistic with just being real. Yeah. Just real doctor. Like real therapy. Yeah, like You, you get say.
0: it from all angles. You understand how this manifested through all the practices that support it. Sure. Right? So it's like I'm checking my nutrition because I am the product of these building blocks that I'm putting into my body. These aren't just points, calories, numbers to my score. These right. are intrinsically valuable pieces that if I strategically set up my my diet in some way and put them into my body in a, a nice in a timely manner but even the fact manner, that you i'm believe going to
2: that again placebo or no you have the belief that these things are helping you and they are obviously mm-hmm. like you yeah. eat a well balanced you know you're in a really good whole clean diet checking off all the boxes but your your psyche is confirming that and that's going to give you an even better result yeah, you know what I mean. So I had this debate with somebody on Instagram recently, and she's a very sweet girl, and she's local, and I know her. And she, you know, she lost a hundred pounds, and she's a vegan now. And you know, mm-hmm. she started posting on her Instagram like, "Vegan is the only way to go. Meat is bad. Meat mm-hmm. causes cancer. This, all this stuff." And I'm like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, time out!" Like, <laughs> first of all, there are no absolutes. Yep. The only absolute is that there are no absolutes. Second oh, of death. all. It's like, okay, She's like, yeah, matter. but I went from eating meat to losing 100 pounds. This is the best I've ever felt. I said, awesome. I'm like, that is so fantastic. And you should keep doing what you're doing. But when you stopped eating meat, did you eat more vegetables? Did yes. you clean up everything? Did you, <laughs> did you eat different things than you were eating, like, new vegetables and new foods? Yes. Okay. So I would argue that if you kept, and I'm not saying all meat, because if you go to Stop and Shop and you buy the shit in the green package, nah. of course not. that is horrible but if you're eating grass-fed clean like ethically sourced meat and and eating the same amount of vegetables that you're eating currently you would probably still feel really good yeah you know what i mean so a little better probably better even better (laughs) exactly so but again in that person's mind this is the only and that's okay yeah and that's okay and if that's wonderful for you and we can empower that and embrace it but just know that everybody's different you know what i mean and your the what you believe is going to change your outcome and so that's my main goal is to get people okay, to believe right, now they're going to get better i'm
1: curious because i've battled a couple of vegans on instagram sure you battle and she <laughs> dude, it's a battle because they <laughs> like religiously just they'll yeah, defend hold on it. To it yeah for sure how did she take what you were saying i'm just curious she was
2: understanding of it you know and and i'm and i and i think i approached it in the right way and you know this is someone i've only interacted with a few times and
1: cuz that's hard for her veganism is what it's made like made her lose? No, it's right. what made her lose that the hundred pounds. pounds. It's right. vegan, right? That's yeah. what did it. You're telling me it's not like who are you. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. You. And yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, and, and my message
2: to her was like, look, just please be careful with your pushing absolute propaganda. We're yeah. just pushing an absolute yeah. because there is a time and a place for everything. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Exactly, and that's what we were talking about before with the uh, with Instagram and the perception. So it's like you have somebody with a big following, they're influential, and then they say, well, I went vegan, and this worked for me, and it's an absolute, and they start drawing those conclusions. Right. That is dangerous to the public because now people are going to – now they're going to take your word for it and your implied credibility. Right. They're going to use that and be like, no, but this person – and that had a result. I could see sure. that they're this valuable this Yeah, valuable and imagine figure. someone
1: who's young and, and follows that. And An impressionable. They have a shitty diet, and they just cut out meat and just keep their shitty diet. Bro, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going to get yeah, really yeah. fucked up.
2: You're going to be in destination fucked pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not funny. It's not funny to play around with health and nutrition. It's just...
2: Well, again, and it comes down to, like, like, shit, man. Like, I remember kindergarten being taught the food pyramid. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we had this push down our throat. But that's, like, government propaganda that was fueled by lobby wow. money yeah. and agriculture. You know what I mean? And, and it's, you know, wheat, you know, and bread feeds a lot of people, don't get me wrong. And, and the way that we farm our meat. Feeds, you know, if we did everything organic and grass-fed in the way that nature intended, we would not be able to feed everybody on this planet. It's just yeah. the truth. You the sheer so? numbers of it.
1: I mean, dude, I've never really looked into it, or I've, I've never uh, had. I mean, if you from from a, from
2: a, a, a of- from a biological perspective, you know, every big ma- every big animal on the planet that humans have hunted for food, we've eliminated completely. You know, and it's not that mammoths didn't. Have what they needed to survive in our world is we literally hunted them to extinction because, you the three of us are in a tribe, right? Where's the and most we're, meat? There's yeah. ten more and we're gonna fucking you. Know, we might lose a few dudes, yeah. but if we take this mammoth down, we're feeding the whole tribe of hundred people for a month. Yeah. So it's worth it, and we literally every big animal on this planet has been hunted to extinction, and that's that's the until we got to the point where we started doing agriculture. Yeah. And that's what. <coughs> formed every, you know, like if you guys, you guys got to read the book Sapiens if you haven't. Oh, I have it on audible. Oh dude. I mean this, I mean, it's such a great, great way to tie this all together, but yeah. it's, you know, one of the quotes in that book that just like resonated with me. It was like, we didn't domesticate wheat, wheat domesticated us. Yep. I, Cause it was I mean, for I the first time in, in human wow. history that a human being stopped and stayed in one place yep. forever had a family and that was where the nuclear family started and that's where we started gathering possessions and things. Yep, villages started right. and then you know, right. built from Cities, that. and now all of a sudden we have chronic health issues. Because it's revolution. Because a bunch of us and... living in small, dirty, disgusting uh, in, 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 in conditions in cities. Whereas previously in human history, that wasn't even remotely an issue for a, yeah. a human being. You know, our biggest issue was that fucking saber tooth over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not... Diabetes and chronic stress. Chronic it's, stress. Yeah. And so it's like it, so when we talk about paleo, it's like okay, not everybody has to do like a quote unquote paleo diet, but paleo in the sense of like just staying true to like roots of certain yep. like certain universal truths of we are animals. Yeah. And we have basic needs and these needs will be met or not met and the resulting things will happen, you know. Yeah. And but no, absolutely. There's eight billion people on this planet, our population continues to grow. We're a destination fuck. Yeah, I mean it's just without these modern technologies we wouldn't be able to do it. So for those of us right here sitting here, and we are lucky enough to be able to go to Whole Foods and buy some grass fed beef and eat quality meat that was harvested sustainably. And it's part of the reason why I like fishing and Mm -hmm. catching my own food and I you know, I have a connection to that fish and like, yeah, I take its life, but it gives it then gives me life, you know, and it again sustains me. And even though I don't do all my food is not done that way, but I just feel like in, in certain, at, just to have that connection with, I'm going to go out today and I might not catch a fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you know, 70,000 years ago, if that was the case, I just didn't eat that day. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Now it's like, all right, I got to stop. Now all, it's uh, like, I guess food. I'll just defrost that steak. <laughs> yeah. Damn well, now we're
1: even like pushing intermittent fasting. It, like you again, it, it all comes yeah. full circle. It's so right? funny, yeah. you know?
2: That's the, yeah. We're
1: trying to tell people to stop eating. Like, dude, you need yeah. to chill right
2: it's,
0: it's right here and all the well, our, the our phy- depth...
2: physiology was is set up to be able to do that to go a period of time without eating and survive like we yeah. didn't all have refrigerators you know it's like yeah exactly like you needed those
0: long periods without it or, or then... not
2: that you needed it, it that those long periods happened and so yeah, your body yeah. had to be equipped for it and so we have that within our physiology but a lot of people just don't tap into that you know and so yes now we call it intermittent fasting but 70,000 years ago we called that wednesday you know what i mean like (laughs) oh shit we just didn't get that mammoth today and john got fucking impaled but all right there's always the hunt tomorrow you know (laughs) i'll
0: have some berries that we foraged. right
2: right
1: john was never a good hunter though right fucking Fucking john
2: John. i told him (laughs) i told him that new spear grip wasn't gonna work out but he didn't want to (laughs) listen got what he uh, deserved
1: yeah well, so um Mike it's well, been dude, we're gonna wrap it up here cool yeah. but it has been an absolute pleasure no man this yeah. is awesome I had a good time I'm meeting hanging. you picking your brain I appreciate you getting not only talking about what you do now f- for work and lives you're changed but getting deep into into your I, I think it's context
2: always. you know and it's like you know, I I think the picture, Picture. you know, especially like on, like we were talking about social media. It's like, people probably think like, Oh man, like this guy's got it all figured out. And it's like, dude, I'm figuring it out too. Like I I got my shit and I deal with my stuff. but but it's like, it's all of those things are reasons why I'm gotten to the place where I'm at. And my approach, it's a, you know, even my personal you know, losses and victories have led to my approach from a treatment perspective. So like you can't, and you can't separate those things. And earlier in my career, just as a way to like maybe close that loop together, but I was criticized for that, for getting too close with my athletes, for getting, having too much of a relationship. And you shouldn't do that because, you know, that's not the way, the right way to do it. You have to have some objectivity. And if you're close with people, you're not going to have objectivity. And I'm like, well, if I'm not close with them, why the fuck should they listen to me?
0: Yeah, and like you know, completely and so, dissociating the and human And so own.
2: I was always ostracized for that in my career. And then finally Recovery Lab started and I said, I see value in doing it this way and that's what I'm going to do. And, and it wasn't easy at first, but now to see the people that come through the door and like how it's affected them is fucking awesome. You know, yeah. and, and every single one of those people that I work with and work on gets a bit of me too and we all get a bit of each other and whether you take it and run with it or and adopt it like kind of like the bruce lee method i believe in the bruce lee method mm-hmm. adopt what, adapt what you find is useful reject what you find is useless and make it uniquely your own and so that's what recovery lab is it's the problems i saw in the industry and my best attempt at solving them in some kind of evidence-led like obviously i respect the science and i'm always gauging my techniques ac- across what it should be done in terms of what we understand from the science but also understanding that there's a human being there and that they need to be treated and rehabilitated just as much as their injury does you know and so if you start affecting the human condition you can have so much more leverage and power over their yeah. pain and, and injury you realize injury. that's
0: all we have that is what it is you right. are the human i'm trying to solve a problem that you have you are the human I need to understand the human in order to solve that problem. But we dissociate. But we're going to solve it together.
2: Yeah. Not you come get serviced in recovery lab and and I fix you. That's not how it goes down. It's like, that's the perception sometimes is, wow, Mike, you're great at fixing people. It's like, "Mm, I get great results. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not fixing you. I'm teaching you. Yeah.
0: I'm just leading you the way, but you're doing it. I love it. I love it, brother. Yeah, man. The last quote is,
2: you know, you prepare the... Pe- the don't prepare the path for the person prepare the person for the path beautiful you know yeah, I think that's maybe the nothing way I would leaving. nothing but genuine truth
1: from you and please uh, if you can plug yep. all your your Instagram and oh, your, for sure. your, st- your um, location
2: yes yeah, so recovery all we're gonna lab, have it
1: in the show notes but I just want you to say it out loud yeah
2: recovery labs is located in athletic movement protocols the name of the business you can find us on, on google um you know, like I said, it's it's an integrated rehabilitative service that's manual therapy driven. Um, So we design individualized programming for people and just coach them up on the things that they need to make those steps. You know, whether it's overcoming an injury or just chronic pain or you know, fitness issues, health issues, whatever it is, you know, and, and if we don't have the answer, we, we have a great network of people that are like-minded that we can refer to. Um, but you can find me, I'm most active on my Instagram at Mike Stella underscore ATC. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. You can search that, Athletic Movement Protocols, name of the YouTube channel. Um, you know, Twitter and Facebook, I'm there too, but I'm not as active there. Instagram is mm-hmm. usually the best. And you can a, a lot of my information and content is on my website, MikeStellaMovement.com. And you can reach out to Beautiful. me directly oh God, on there cool. too. So we are Put going to link
1: all that down below in cool. the show notes. Um, once again, I want to thank you, yeah, and bro. I look forward to our relationship together, because I think there's sure. a lot of cool things we could do. We're definitely going to have you back on. Oh, I'd love to, man. Future. This is awesome. This definitely sure. maybe film a YouTube video together. Cool. Something really just fucking fun. We We're should go have over a good to time his plate. This. We'll go over there and just... Of course. Yeah, 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 man. Whatever. I, you know,
2: I kind of took a hiatus on YouTube. I haven't posted anything in a while, just because I, Dude, you know, I, I started you. teaching. I've been so busy, but I'm, I'm going to get back to it. And um, So the, the thing that's been popular on my YouTube is these videos. I call them session sit-ins, where I just like record a session. And but the sessions were always like me explaining what I'm doing. But now I kind of want to take a page out of your guys's book where it's like, OK, one video will be um, showing you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But the other video is the conversation that happens authentically with me and the client, because that's the part I think people miss is yeah. it's not the treatment that fixes people. It's the interaction and so, like, getting a little bit more philosophical with it, I think, is the direction I kind of want to go. So, I took a little break to kind of formulate that. So, that's what you can probably expect from my YouTube videos in the future is yeah. getting a little deeper. And if you ever need
1: content help, yeah. I'm fucking happy. Hell helping. yeah, man.
2: I always need we'll people look. to work on. <laughs> Come on down. I'll interview you while we treat that shoulder problem. Yeah, right. I'll do some more stupid shit with that the barbell. I don't <laughs> think it's stupid at all, man. I love <laughs> I it. I
1: think it's great. I think it's great. So, with that being said, we're yeah, wrapping man. up this podcast. Uh, I really... I'm not even going to say I hope you guys enjoyed it because I know you fucking enjoyed it. Yeah. This is a good one.
0: Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. If you
1: haven't already, fucking leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down. Hit five star, then hit write a review and write that comment. I'm doing it
2: right now. Ra- oh, okay. as oh. we speak. Oh, Wait, yeah. before we wrap it completely up, let's get another uh, IG story. Oh, shit. An
1: IG story while we're filming? Yeah, we're just wrapping it up. Did Stuff we guys? just
2: do the best podcast ever? What? I think I we, think we just did. <laughs> wow. I had nothing to do with it, though. I was just kind of hanging out listening to Shut the myself. fuck up. <laughs> Anyways, awesome. guys, this wraps right, guys. it up. Till next time. We love Peace you. Out. Peace. Live well. I'm not fucking leaving. Ah!